And also Saeed was just like, hi, I just want to let everyone know that I'm leaving now and I'm of sound body and mind and I'm going. And Michael's just like, I have a gun. <laughs> I'm going by myself and I'm going to a dangerous place. What do you have? A knife. Hello and welcome to our Lost Podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and the thing I would go hunting for is the concept of hope. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old- <laughs> What? Why were you laughing at me before? <laughs> Because I'm laughing at my own joke that I'm about to make. Okay, I'm excited. <clears throat> I'm a 29-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And the thing I would go hunting for is the concept of my cat not farting on me <laughs> in his sleep. That's not a concept. That's a concept that I think he should get behind. Okay. <laughs> but my get behind? <laughs> <laughs> That was a poor high five. My non-joke answer is the concept of equal pay for all women. Thanks so much. Great. And our guest this episode is Aaron! (laughs) Yeah, so my name is Aaron Grunewald. I'm a 24-year-old person from Calgary, Alberta. I like badass moms and long naps. (laughs) I'm on Twitter at Aaron Groovyveld, where I can be found. Well, yeah, you can just find me there. So yeah. <laughs> where I, I found, I can period, be found full stop. And the thing I would go hunting for is the concept of uh, time. Just you know, <laughs> more time, time. That, all all fair. sorts of time. Time travel. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> time turners. Time turners, absolutely. Speaking yeah. of turners. Hey, Aaron, we're related. We are. You're my cousin. And you're, yes. and I'm also your cousin. Yeah. See, that was funny because our mom's no. maiden names are both oh, Turner. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a really good segue. No, that was pretty clever. And then I was sitting here going, if she doesn't explain it, everyone's just going to think she's weird. I did explain okay, it. Okay. So, so we're good fine. now. Um, uh, so we've had you on before. Last time you were on was 107. So that's been a while. Yeah. And that was a great episode. That was Charlie I- hanging out. With Locke, having a good time. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good episode. I really liked it. So, if people don't remember you, do you want to talk about your experience with Lost? Sure. Yeah, I've uh, I've watched Lost two times I've lost Lost. (laughs) I've lost Lost many times. I've seen it twice. Um, Mm -hmm. Favorite characters... I think I said uh, season six, Claire, which is still true. Yeah. And uh, I guess Hurley's Dr. also Arst. good. Dr. Arst. Arst is good. Yeah. They're all great. Yeah. Except for Jack in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Jack in most episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me and Aaron went on the Lost on Lo- or the Lost Location tour when we were in Hawaii like two years ago or something. Like one and a half years ago. I don't, it's been a while. That was winter of 2015 to 16, I think. Wasn't it? No, 20... I think it was winter 16 20... to 17. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, we got to see where they shoot everything. Right on the side of the road, usually. Yeah. 
So that was heckin' cool. The fact that they could cut out traffic sounds still yeah. shocks me to this day. Mm-hmm. Today we have words to say about episode 211 of Lost, The Hunting Party. The Hunting Party! We're going hunting for a better character than Jack. Yeah. Um, so The Hunting Party was a Western movie from 1971. I looked up the plot and they don't match up in the slightest, so I don't really need to bring it up. Oh, alright. Yeah. Uh, the broadcast date was January 18th, 2006. It was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christina M. Kim, and it was directed by Stephen Williams. Snaps. I'm very disappointed that the, some of the only female writers this show had wrote this episode. Hmm. I'm gonna be real with you. I quite like what happens on the island this episode, and I think the flashbacks are garbagey, but I feel the same way, op- but opposite about next next mm. episode, in which I think that the flashbacks are fantastic, and the island storyline is garbage. Hot garbage. So, it's like, you can't win them all, no. you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when we were re-watching it today, I got so bored I fell asleep, so... She did fall asleep, and I, I, I said, and I quote, Bitch, are you asleep? She sure did. And I was like, yeah, um, but just for a second, I only miss the stuff with Jack, Kate, and Friendly. And that was true. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't having a good time watching it, so I went, that's fair. And out I went. Um, some fun facts about this episode is that Matt Fox and Julie Bowen have worked together before on Party of Five. And in oh, episode yes. 211, which this is also 211, Julie Bowen's character rejects Matt Fox. Oh, wow. like she does now. Oh, it's what he deserves after all of the horrible things he's done in real life. Yeah, like that one time with like that uh the Cleveland bus driver. Yeah, when he like like assaulted a bus a female bus driver. Yeah. And that's why we don't like Matthew Fox. <laughs> wow, Matthew Fox on the bus these days. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great drag, thanks so much. And also, another fun fact is kind of a little bit of a spoiler, but last time, this is the last time that we see Michael for eight episodes. Damn, Harold got a Hawaii vacation. Yeah. He was just like, oh, okay, see you all later. Yeah, bye. I'm going to make a terrible impression and then come back and make a worse impression. Bye. (laughs) Do you want to introduce my recap? Yes. So we are going to recap this episode in the style of Lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. If you don't know what that is, go look it up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Robin is going to try and do it in under a minute. And if she cannot do it in editing, she is going to speed herself up to sound like a chipmunk. So usually I, after I write it, I like read it out to myself to make sure it's like around a minute. This Mm -hmm. time I didn't. Oh, this should be interesting. So we should usually You can usually tell from the actual length of the text. Yeah. Okay, here we go. This episode, we see the final straw in Jack's marriage. He's trying to help this Italian man and his pretty, pretty daughter. It's a really risky surgery, and they take over a month to do tests. Christian knows that Jack is about to cross a line because he can sense people being immoral due to his being a bad person overall. (laughs) Jack almost finishes the surgery, and the man passes away. A distraught Gabriella finds him in the parking lot and kisses him. Jack immediately goes home and tells Sarah, but she was already planning on leaving him for someone else. They are a mess. On the island, Michael runs off again, trapping Locke and Jack. Those two and Sawyer head off to find Michael, but no girls allowed. Kate has to stay behind. They don't find Michael, but they do see that not-so-friendly face again. There are a whole bunch of others, and the man tells them that they're being rude because this is their island and they're house guests of the others. He makes them give up all their weapons and holds Kate as hostage to make sure the plan works. Jack is not very happy with Kate, but TBH, maybe he shouldn't have been such a butt about her coming along just because she kissed him one time and then ignored him. Wait, okay, maybe they're both wrong. Oh, well done. Okay, Mm -hmm. but, like, the the misogyny of this episode does not make up for one confusing thing. That's true. Yeah. She's right. So, the island storyline kind of, like, 
there aren't really two separate storylines, so we're just kind of going to talk about everything that happens on the island and then everything that happens in the flashbacks. Cool. So cool. Let's get started. So for some reason, nobody gets to sleep in the hatch except for Jack. Aren't there bunk beds in the hatch? Yeah, he was sleeping on one of the bunk beds. Maybe no one wants to. That sounds fake. If I was on a deserted island, first of all, I'd be dead already. But second of all, if they were just like, there's a hatch, or you can continue to sleep on the sandy beach in a tent. And get sand fleas. In a ramshackle frickin' garbage tent that you made yourself, I'd be like, hmm, I think I'm gonna go sleep in this bunk bed. But what if Matthew Fox was in the hatch? He's right. What do you mean? Well, if you had to choose between sleeping in the same space as Jack and not sleeping in the same space as Jack or Matthew Fox. I really think that I could get away with, um annoying Matthew Fox enough Ooh. so that I could be the only one who sleeps in the hatch and then plus like a couple of my gal pals that we could have a sleepover. <clears throat> I love this. Is Aaron invited to the sleepover too? He can come. I don't know if he'll want to though. Aaron, do you want to come to the sleepover in the hatch? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. More than I want to sleep with Matthew Fox there. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just stopped it more than I yeah. want to sleep with Matthew Fox. It's like, go to the slumber party. You know, that really sounds like it's a really hard decision for you. Slumber yeah. <laughs> party, Matthew Fox. Oh, I don't know. But we have board games. Does the hatch have board games? No, I do. Oh, so you... I brought this, them along. So in this, like, presupposed universe where you don't immediately off yourself mm-hmm. when the plane crashes, yeah. you, you also have board games with you that have miraculously survived the crash mm-hmm. and that you bring to the hatch. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. How, how many games? Whatever's in this bag right behind me full of games. Gotcha, okay. Like, we have Mall Madness back here, Harry Potter Clue, um, and Lostopoly. <laughs> oh my god. I want to play Lostopoly game. in the hatch while being in Lost. <laughs> the board game that I made myself. Anyway, we've gotten through one note so far. Um, so, Locke has been knocked out. Oh. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to reset the counter. Aaron, you were the founder of the knockout counter. Yep. Yeah, it's absolutely absurd how many people get knocked out in this show. Can you believe that we are still counting? <laughs> and the knockout. I think the longest streak we ever had was, was four. Okay, it was four. You had four episodes without a knockout? Yeah. yeah, that was our biggest streak. Wow. Yeah. All of these people have crushing concussions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Locke was knocked out. And it's, it's interesting because literally last episode, Locke was like, talking to Michael in the armory and was like, how stupid would it be if somebody came into the armory and stole a gun and then ran away, right? And Michael's like, ha ha, yeah. What a crazy random thing that someone should not do. Wouldn't it be so stupid if you went after Walt again without anybody else's help? Yeah, that'd be dumb. Good thing I won't do that. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. Um, so Michael traps Locke and Jack in the thing. Which, like, kind of bothers me, actually, because we didn't have a whole lot of Jack last episode. Darn. But the part that we did have with Jack last episode was him coming up to Michael and saying, Hi, I just feel a little bit bad because I don't want you to think that we all have totally forgotten about Walt. And, you know, once we've got time, once we're ready, you know, we can, a whole group of us can go and we can get him back. So, you know, we will get him back, I promise. I don't want you to think that we've forgotten about him. And Michael says, Yeah, man, thanks. So it really kind of bothers me that Michael is just like, frick you, Jack, I'm going by myself. And Jack's like, we can go together. And he's like, no. It sort of maybe begs the question of Michael took away from that conversation that Walt is not a priority. And that even though in Jack's mind, he's trying to be comforting in Michael's mind, he's like, okay, I now have like concrete proof that even though they want to help, I'm going to have to do this on my own. Right. I think that's a possibility. 
Yeah, that makes sense. A possibility, if you will. Possibility. Stay in there. Stay. Michael, what are you, what are you Stay in there, Jack! Hey. Whatever's going on. Look, I'm going after my son. I'm going after my son, and nobody is going to stop me, okay? Okay, that is my right. That is a father's right. There's another way to go Get about it. Get in the damn You're gonna shoot me, Michael! No, but I'll shoot your damn computer. And that thing is not what you think it is anyway. You don't understand, man. You don't have any idea. Now get in there! Mike, Mike, listen. We can do this together, okay? I'll come with no. you. No, I have to do it now. I have to do it alone. So Jack, like, literally looks Michael in the face and goes, are you, are you going to shoot me? And he's like, oh, please. No, I guess not. I don't know, but I'll shoot your computer. But would he actually shoot the computer when that's currently his only point of contact for Walt, in quotation marks? Oh, I didn't even think about that. When he was threatening the computer, I was like, oh, that's a great thing to threaten. But mm -hmm. that's really not in his best interest. Yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah, no one should threaten my computer. That's uh, <laughs> That'd be really scary for me. If you threaten my computer, I'd be like, great, it has insurance, so you're going to end up paying for it. Well, every time, like, you're at the airport and they, like, pull, like, your computer aside, I'm just like, please, that's my life. <laughs> every time they open my computer at the airport, I'm just praying I didn't have Bob's Burgers playing when I shut it so that it doesn't start auto-playing and, like, some random gene quote doesn't start playing, like, him just saying the word anus loudly. He's done that. And I only use this as an example because that happened to me once. <laughs> it started playing at the airport? Straight up. I've had that happen more times than I can count. <laughs> Sorry, can I get some more details on no, this story? No, you can't have any more details. I'm that. really disappointed. One time it was Battlestar Galactica playing. Okay. Uh, that wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. It was easy to explain that one away. Bob's Burgers, not so much. Well, you're just like, hi, I'm a dork. And they're like, cool. Move, move on. They honestly looked at me like, why are you a grown woman watching cartoons? And I'm like, it's a cartoon for adults! Yeah. But I, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Maybe next time you should uh, just play this podcast before you shut it. Oh my god, free promo! And then you can just do some advertising. <laughs> You're a genius. They're like, what is this? You're like, oh, it's my podcast network. Yeah, do you, I have I have a business card and a sticker. Do you want a sticker? It says <laughs> AF, so it works both yeah. ways. Yes. Aaron, um, you're a genius. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Michael says he specifically has to go alone. I mean, my main question is why? And my next answer, and the answer to my own question is that this yeah. mysterious Walt told him that he had to go by himself. Well, yeah, he was alone last time. Exactly. He said, yeah, he, that's true. He did say, are you alone? But I just find it, like, I know that Michael is really desperate, mm -hmm. but like, if someone was just like, hey, I need you to come into this kind of dangerous territory, but also you have to come alone. And he's like, okay, like, you're not going to question that at all? Well, first of all, Michael isn't a Slytherin, I don't think. Mm. And he's also a parent. Yeah. And since neither of us have any experience in this arena, That's except, true. I mean, I, I do have a son, but he's a cat. Yeah. But if someone said you have to come alone, I would still bring someone, you mm -hmm. know? But if, if you asked either of our moms that question, they might, like, hesitate. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think. Yeah. There's, like, a whole- a lot of things about marriage in this episode, too, and I'm like, I have no experience. Like, the whole stuff with Sun and Jin, and then the stuff with Jack and Sarah. Yeah. I'm like, I will try and relate. <laughs> I mean, as much as you can relate, considering, like, the way that this episode talks about marriage is odd. Odd. It's very odd. The Sun and Jin stuff, I think, is good. Mm-hmm. Good communication. Yeah. 
the Jack and Sarah stuff is odd. We bit toxic. Mm. One thing that I actually really liked about Jack in this episode, which there's a very small list. What a weird sentence. I know. And maybe it's not just like me liking something about Jack and it's just something where it's just like, this is a very good characterization of a doctor. Um, is when Locke wakes up and before Jack worries about getting out or anything, he like tests Locke to make sure he doesn't have any brain damage or issues. And he asks Locke if he's okay. And then as soon as Jack, as Locke is like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Then he's like, cool, we can move on. Okay. <laughs> what? It's, it, this is so funny to me because it's Jack doing the bare minimum. Oh, fully. So it's literally that John Mulaney sketch where it was like the New York Post is hero tutor does his own job. Yeah. Like it's any, a hero is any man who does his own job. It's true. That's Jack in this moment. It's he's a the, hero. The nicest thing you could say about Jack is, well, at least he was good at being a doctor. Yeah. He's like, I went to school for this. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, Locke, do you have a concussion? And he's like, no. He's like, cool, that'll be like a large amount of money. Yeah. Because this is America and you don't have insurance. Yeah, $180 minimum or something. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, these people are racking up the hospital bills for Jack when they get back. Dude, how much do you think they owe him by now? I mean, Boone's family alone. Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina would be like, no, I'm not giving anyone money. This is my money from the will. Oh my god, how many people has he saved? We we rag on Jack, but all of our favorites would be dead without him. That's true. Sawyer's like, I don't have any money. I'm gonna have to go con four other families before I have enough money to give it to Jack. Kate's like, I'll help! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where Arst would be without Jack. Oh, probably still fully formed. You think? If he didn't have such an inferiority complex when it came to Jack's leadership skills, he wouldn't have felt the need to, I like, guess that's true. prove himself. Huh. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Cool. So he's like, oh, hey, like, let's go through the vent. And Locke is like, oh, no, I bolted it shut. And Jack's like, cool. Did he bolt it shut after Kate was crawling around in there? You know what? That makes sense because he knew that Kate was in the vents, I assume. So he told Kate to get into the vents. Yeah. And then later was like, well, we, I gotta make sure no one else has this idea and bolted it. Yeah. What if they're in another hostage situation? Yeah, what if they're stuck in the thing and they need out, out of there to push the button? Locke doesn't think things through. This episode is kind of a logistical mess. But then again, they do need to trap somebody in there later. And it's really good that he can't get... Wait a second. Wait a quick second. I have thoughts on this. Yeah, I was gonna say, um... Hmm. I'm gonna have to check that later when a later episode happens to come. But we'll talk about that in the spoiler yeah. section. Anyway, he bolts out of the vent and no one is available to push the button. And no one else is coming to, like, switch shift for that. Shifts with them for four hours. Oh no, what's gonna happen when you don't press the button? Yeah, for four hours. Oh no! Four hours! Oh, that's a number. Yeah. Um, what happens when the button isn't pressed, I guess we'll see in the season two finale, won't we? That's a really long time to wait. I know. Aaron, are you still alive? Oh yeah, I'm here. <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, just hanging out. Just listening to this great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's not It's not great yet. I have to edit it first. <laughs> oh, I'm listening to an all right podcast yeah. now, but it'll be great later. Yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be great in December when it's done. So Sawyer is sleeping on the beach and Kate throws a banana at him. Classic. A waste of a banana. That's true. And she says it's because she couldn't find any rocks, but because Sawyer has literally been hit with a rock before. Anna Lucia threw a rock at him and hit him in the head in like 
the third episode. Is anyone else picturing someone picking up the rock and throwing him aside? <laughs> I can't name one person who can pick up the rock. The rock. He's right. Oh, pull-ups. Oh, maybe Dave Batista. Okay. You know, I'd like to see them <laughs> try and lift each other, see what happens. I don't think Vin could do it. Okay. I'm going through, I'm going through swole celebrities right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm sure if I'll on... know them all. <laughs> Vin Diesel, you know who No, Vin I know Diesel who Vin Diesel is. He is Groot, duh. I know who Vin Diesel is because he's Groot. It's, right? Yes, he is. His most famous role. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point he like takes care of some kids, right? The pacifier. The pacifier. Are you talking about the- <laughs> He also like, I don't know, launched the entire Fast and the Furious franchise. I haven't even seen the pacifier, but I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know what to do with you. What's better, the tooth fairy or the pacifier? Ooh. Has Dave- Batista been in a children's movie where he plays a nanny? No. Mm. I actually don't know. Oh. That's probably coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever one has the rock in it, that's the one I pick. The that's Tooth, tooth fairy. fairy, right? Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Does that one also have Julie Andrews in it for some reason? Alexa, was Julie Andrews in The Tooth Fairy? No. Julie Andrews is not in the movie The Tooth Fairy. The stars of The Tooth Fairy are Lachlan Monroe, Chandra West, and Steve Bockich. Lachlan Monroe. answer your question? No, but thanks anyway. Thanks for your feedback. I really need an Alexa. I had no idea until this moment. Alexa, Lachlan Monroe. Alexa will answer any question that you ask her. It's nuts. Lachlan Monroe's on Riverdale. That can't be right. Hold up. This is very important now. It is really weird. Like, you can Lachlan ask Lachlan Monroe. What? Lachlan Monroe is in it. Hal? Hal. Hal Cooper is in this movie. Where are they? Do they have any pictures of them? Wait, why was he the first build in a movie where the first billing is Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Because it's not the same. It's not the same. Because it's not the same movie. There's two different movies. This is really important. I know it's not relevant to the podcast at all, but now I really need to know. Okay, but now I feel like I was right. Wait, is the Tooth Fairy even the right? Maybe I got it wrong. Is that even the right movie? 2006 is this one. The she is in the Tooth Fairy. Oh, Alexa was wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh, I understand. The Dwayne The Rock Johnson one is just called Tooth Fairy, oh. not The Tooth Fairy. Oh. That was the problem. But yes, Julie Anders is in it. Oh my god, good for me. Shout out to Lachlan Monroe, though. I was like, that can't be the same Lachlan Monroe. Who else is named Lachlan Monroe? Anyway. Probably other people named Lachlan Monroe. I guess so. Yeah. Moving on. So Jack is like, man, no one is going to come for another four hours. Hopefully Sawyer needs his band-aid changed. I don't think band-aid is the right word, but... What was- was that supposed to be, like, a joke? I don't know, maybe. Jack doesn't make jokes that, that often, though. Yeah, what a wimp. Got shot. <laughs> He's a band-aid. It what he- that's what it was, though. Mm. He was trying to be snotty about Sawyer because he saw Kate and Sawyer together, yeah. and he's jealous, so he he's jealous. trying to be crappy about it. I was trying to think of some other word that wasn't shit. <laughs> Well, I, like, I also, another thing is, it's like, he, <laughs> he's like, hopefully Sawyer doesn't need his band-aid, or like, I hope Sawyer needs his band-aid changed and he'll come get it, right? And then Kate's like, come on, Sawyer, we have to go get your band-aid changed, and then, like, they both show up, and Jack is like, why are you guys hanging out so much? <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, so he's sleeping, he gets hit by a banana and not a rock. Then he says, there are better ways to wake up a man, Freckles. And I'm like, what, water balloons? Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah, mm -hmm. water balloons. What other ways could you wait? Oh, you could dump water on them while recording them and they could wake up and be like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> Make a vine? Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely not any, like... Anything gross. Yeah, no. So she's like, come on, we have to go find Jack. And he's like, 
I need help to stand up. And she's like, okay. And then they just, like, make it cute. It's kind of weird, but then you're like, okay, she likes it, though, so I guess we're okay with it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is weird. Oh, she doesn't think it's weird. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we have some Sawyer and Kate realness, and they're like, where is everybody? And Sawyer says maybe they went out for ice cream because he's a sarcastic little brat. Man, I would really, like, if you were stranded on a beach for whoever knows how hell the long that it would last, I would definitely crave ice cream. Because, mm. like, you're in that tropical environment. You're like, oh, you know what would really hit the spot? Ice cream. Charlie loves banoffee pie. He doesn't shut up about it. What is banoffee pie? Banana toffee pie. That sounds so good. Yeah. Because he and Claire in season one were talking about, like, right. things they, they miss. And he said banoffee pie. And she said, you said that already. Okay, guys team quiz mm. or survey question more yeah what ice cream flavor would you want the most i already know your answer but what do you want the most what if you were stuck on the island what's my answer you would want that blueberry shaped ice thing from your favorite ice cream store not shaped ice what is it blue raspberry Mm-hmm. ice cream yeah the ice cream shop but i don't know what it's called that's what it's called oh okay little, little, little ice cream and showed us so yeah i got it yeah aaron what would yours be hmm that's a good question uh, I'd have to like kind of go strategic because then I'd be like really thirsty. Mm, okay, okay. So I might want to go the ice route like mm-hmm. Robin is. So I might want to go maybe like some, I mean, it's not cream, maybe some like shaved ice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really popular in Hawaii. But I mean, uh, I mean, you might want just like vanilla just to, you know, just to have it. Keep it simple. Easy back in. Yeah, you you don't want to like all of a sudden go right to like something crazy like Rocky Road or something. You wouldn't you wouldn't fully appreciate yeah. it then. You need um, milk for that. I'm going to do the opposite of Aaron. Okay. And go completely not strategic with it at all. Mm-hmm. Because the ice cream that I would think about nonstop, because I do think about it nonstop, mm-hmm. is the Tonight Dough by Ben & Jerry's. Okay. Which is like vanilla and chocolate ice cream. Oh, actually, I think it's like caramel mm-hmm. with peanut butter cookie dough bites, cookie dough bites, and then a crushed up Oreo swirl. Oh my god. Yeah. That's it is, a lot. Yeah, it is god tier ice cream. And I would think about that all the time. And for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what ice, like what ice type ice cream is, I'm pretty sure it's just sherbet. Sherbet? But they have it at like the specific ice cream store that like is in Red Deer and it's like a big deal. They, they also have that at other ice cream stores. Do they call it ice or do they call it sherbet? Sher- sherbet. So I'm just explaining to everybody what it is. Okay. 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 Cool. So maybe they went out for ice cream. Okay, so so follow-up question. Uh-huh. What is Jack and Locke's favorite ice cream flavor? Jack's boring, so I'm going to say something. I'm going to go for my least favorite thing, which is mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip? I really hate mint chocolate chip. Can't relate, but okay. What do you think it is? I mean, you could just say vanilla, but I feel like that's the easy answer. And vanilla is delicious. Yeah. I don't think we should discount the fact that vanilla is a delicious ice cream. Mm-hmm. I can see Locke being like a cookie dough guy. Yeah. yeah. He would like that little treat. It would make him happy. Yeah. But also... And it would kind of look like his bald head. <laughs> <laughs> I love eating little me's. I love that. But... You know, you can also be like, oh, and I don't think this is the truth. Like, I think that Jack probably does like ice cream, but it's like knowing Jack, you're like, dude doesn't even like ice cream. Dude is just like, rather not. Oh, it's like when Betty woke up the day after a murder on Riverdale Mm -hmm. and her mom had made chocolate chip pancakes and Betty was like, I don't like chocolate chip pancakes. So she had fruity pebbles instead. How do you not like chocolate chip pancakes? And then she dropped it on the ground. Yeah. I just, I'm baffled by the idea of not liking chocolate chip pancakes. Mm. Like, specifically, she says, I don't like chocolate chip pancakes. And I'm like, I don't like you very much, so whatever. (laughs) 
So, uh, okay, ooh, Kate goes to press the button, and there's a continuity error, because she presses the buttons, like, like, you can hear her, like, they're, like, the clicks of the keyboard, and it only clicks, like, six to eight times. There are way more numbers than that. Like, it, it, it takes 16 clicks. You don't have to count it. What if she put them in, like, kind of at the same time? Does Explain. Not take 16 clicks? Like, if she had, like, four or eight together... And it was like, Ten. I'm going to type it in right now. Oh, yeah. No, you can hear it. You can hear the difference. Why is Lostpedia lie? Why is Lostpedia lie to me? It says it will take 16 clicks. But Four, then you eight. also have to press, you have to press execute, execute as well. That's 11. Hmm. Maybe Lostpedia is just trying to confuse me and they wanted to use the word 16. Mm, Someone explain that. This. Someone explain this. We cracked it. I didn't even, I just trusted Lostpedia. I was just like, yep, need 16. Sure. Math is hard. So Sawyer saves Locke and Jack from the armory. The combination is 25, 29, 40. Fun facts for you. And Jack decides that he needs to go after Michael. Uh, okay. And I love how he, like, hands a gun to Locke and he's like, we're going after Michael. And Locke is, Locke is like, uh. Remember when Saeed okay. disappeared for, like, days and days and days and Jack was just not concerned with going after him? Wow, that's the truth. Well, the, I guess that's true. Yeah. But he's... I don't know why he thinks that Saeed is more capable than... I mean, I know why he thinks Saeed is more capable than Michael. But, like... And also, Saeed was just like, Hi, I just want to let everyone know that I'm leaving now. And I'm of sound body and mind. And I'm going. And Michael's just like, I have a gun! <laughs> I'm going by myself! And I'm going to a dangerous place! <laughs> what do you have? A knife! Uh, another thing is that's just like Sawyer has seen Michael run away to find Walt before. Yeah. And he did nothing that last time. Well. He was just like, yeah, good luck. We can't do anything. And Jin was like, we have to help Michael. And Sawyer was like, eh, whatever. And then he came back and they had like a lovely bonding moment. And now this time Sawyer's like, I'm coming with. Oh, he can make. And plus he and Michael have bonded so much. Yeah. So he's like, this time I'm helping. That's nice. Um, and then. Guys, if Michael ran away, would you go after him? No. Uh, maybe just for a walk. Ooh, that sounds yeah, just nice. like, let's see if Ooh. we can find something. Yeah, like a nice walk in the jungle. Yeah. I would definitely. Yeah, like, I wouldn't really look yeah. for him. I'd just be kind of looking around. Yeah. And I wouldn't not go because I don't like Michael, because I quite like Michael. Mm. But because a father determined is not someone, a father determined with a gun yeah. is not someone that I want to mess with. Yeah, I also know that he's going somewhere to see a bunch of people that I'm not interested in meeting. Yeah, I, I like living. So I'm like, so. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's why I think it's funny later in the episode when Jack is just like, we have to go. We have to do everything. I'm going to convince him to come back. And what if you can't? Go well, I'm just gonna. And then he like goes to talk to Anna Lucia at the end. And he's like, oh, Michael ran off again. And she's like, oh, can't really do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, ah, sucks, right? It's like Jack has like this weird obsession with keeping Michael on a leash. And I'm yeah. like. You know that they're all adults on that island, right? Yeah. Let them do what they want. If Michael wants to go save his child, mm -hmm. let him. What happened? Michael went after Walt. Went after Walt? Pulled a gun on me, put us both in there. I went after Walt. Hey, what are you doing? What's it look like? I'm coming with you. You're still on antibiotics. It's a good thing I'm traveling with my doctor. And Jack is like, um, Sawyer, hello, you're injured. And he's like, oh, good thing I'm traveling with my doctor. He's a genius. <laughs> Other people travel with doctors, but um, she has a time machine, so. 
Nice. I make great jokes. We're not even watching the new Doctor Who. We're gonna, though. I mean, once the season's done, I want to binge it all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next scene. They found a footprint that's probably Michael. And Jack decides that Kate is not allowed to come. What the hell? Because he's a jealous butthead? Here's my thing. The misogyny jumped out! Is that Kate is just fine. Maybe she thought she was a little crazy a couple episodes ago, but she's okay. Locke has just been concussed. <laughs> Sawyer just got a bullet shot. taken out of his shoulder and has been shot. <laughs> and Jack is like, you know who can't come? Kate. <laughs> no girls allowed. Yeah. It's upsetting because it's true. Whatever. He was like, oh, um, ah, you have boobs, so you're not capable of going <laughs> on this trip. And he's like, who's going to press the button? And she's like, literally anybody Anyone. else? You know who could press the button? There's a whole beach full of people qualified. I bet we could teach Vincent to press the button. Vincent is smart dog. Yeah. He probably would do it. And then, you know, Sawyer kind of looks back and he feels bad for her, but he doesn't really say anything. Which is interesting. Yeah. Why doesn't he say anything? I think, you know, there's a whole array of reasons why he might not say anything. I think that the main reason is that he probably really wants to come on the thing. And if he stands up for Kate, then Jack might be like, fine, you can't come either. I really wanted, only wanted Locke to come anyway. And he does stand up for Kate in like the next scene or two. He says, hey, why are you being so mean to Kate? And he's like, turn around then. But now that now they're like too far away. So I guess he's like, you know, they were so far away that Jack wasn't going to be like, let's ditch Sawyer, <laughs> you know? But like, I think that's the main reason. And I also think that Sawyer and Kate are kind of on, you know, and I'm a skate shipper, but that's not really why I'm saying this, but it feels like they're, they're kind of like on the same wavelength. They kind of like, even at the end of the episode, he says, listen, Kate, like I would have done the same freaking thing. I totally would have. Like, yeah. they're on the same sort of page on that sort of thing. They have a similar background, sort of. And, like, so... Maybe I he feel knew like the whole time that she was, like, gonna go do it anyway. That she probably would have done. Or, like, he was probably looking at her thinking, I know what I would do if I was in this situation. Yeah. But even if he didn't, he probably is looking at her and, like, knows that when he comes back, he can explain to her why he didn't stand up for her, and she probably would have been okay with it. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I think he might have been, like... He didn't want to appear like he didn't care about as much about her as Jack did. Mm. Like he was also gonna, he was trying to pretend that he was also as protective as her or of her as Jack was. I think it, that's possible, and I also think that I think he was just kind of looking and going, "Well, really, of the two of us, I am far more inconvenienced because I have to spend time with Jack now." Yeah, he's you like, know? "I was saving you." He's <laughs> like. But I think there's a little bit of, like, truth to that, which is Jack's in a weird mood, so I'm. it's better if you're not here anyway, because then you won't have to deal with it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so the next scene, um, Sawyer knows something is off, and he's saying, like, hey, why are you mad at Kate? Which is kind of funny, because mm -hmm. in what Kate did, Hurley went up to Jack and was like, why are you mad at Sawyer? <laughs> and Jack was like, I'm not mad at anybody. But he's, like, clearly mad at people. What'd she do to you? What? Kate. What'd she do? She didn't do anything. Right. Yelling at her because she wanted to help get Mike back makes a lot of sense. Why don't you go back and see if I hurt her feelings? Just saying. Yeah, I know. You love her. What'd you say? I think Jack is the most passive-aggressive man on the planet. It's true. He has, like, in terms of relationships, like, things will happen that he doesn't like, but instead of saying anything about it, he'll just be a little... Like, oh, I went for, 
he cut this out, but I went from little bitch to little shit, and then I was like, I can't say any of those words. <laughs> he's he's such a brat about it. Mm-hmm. He's totally a brat about it. Yeah. And, like, people are weirdly invested in that trifecta of a relationship. Yeah. I would, oh, but there re- there's really nothing else to do on that island except gossip. That's true. Yeah. I'm kind of about that. But also, shout out to Sawyer for actually noticing that someone else was, like, doing something that didn't involve him. Yeah. He was like, hey, you were kind of mad at Kate. And I was like, Sawyer, you noticed something about another human being? Oh my gosh. What's up with that? Observations. Who are you? <laughs> and so Jack says, go go back and see if I hurt her feelings. Which is such a passive-aggressive mood. Go back and see if I hurt her feelings. Yeah. Why don't Ew. you go back and jump off a flipping cliff? <laughs> Great. He can live, but, like, break a few bones. And Jack's like, oh, right, yeah, I know why you're asking about it. It's because you love her, right? Because he heard Sawyer weirdly mumbling about it two episodes ago, and Sawyer's like, wait, that's a secret! How do you know that? (laughs) And Jack's like, nothing, not even gonna talk about it again. And now Sawyer's just left for the rest of the episode being like, how does he know? Poor Sawyer. He's like, I'm not supposed to love anybody. Whenever I tell people that I love them, it's a way to get their money. And this time it's for reals. Kate doesn't even have any money. Yeah, it's true. She's worthless. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) He's like, she's worthless and I still love her. (laughs) Are you trying to say priceless? No. No, y'all, okay, just really- She has no money. Yeah, all right. (laughs) What can he gain from her except for a loving relationship? And he's like, I'm way too cool for this. That's true. And he's like, oh, what is this- What is this thing I'm feeling? It's like, I'm feeling sorry? For another person? I feel like- What is that? Am I dying? Empathy? Hmm? I might have got that from Bob's Burgers. Brittany, so at this point in time, uh-huh. it is October. It's the beginning of October. It it it. And is we, it also October for Aaron? Is it? Aaron, can you confirm? Uh, yeah, it's October here. Okay. Okay, good. This episode's going up in December. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. we are currently in the midst- Uh-huh. Five parts in to an eight-part series. Why are you bringing up Jake Paul? By Shane Dawson, all about Jake Paul. And about how Jake Paul might potentially be a sociopath. Okay. We do not claim to know things about sociopathy or... I we're know not... about sociopathy. Oh, great. Yeah. So we, you know, Brittany, can you talk to me about how, like, is Sawyer a sociopath? No. Tell me why. Because Sawyer feels extreme emotion, he just shoves it down and then puts on this angry little facade. Is there a character on Lost that you would say is a sociopath? Ben Linus. His name is Ben Linus. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't even take a second. Yeah. Ben Linus. Arguably also Jacob. Right. Not the man in black. I think the man in black's anger manifested itself into who he became. Yeah. And his, like, the feeling, obviously there's a spoiler section, so arguably I would say that Burger King is a sociopath. And that Arby's jealousy and anger at Burger King's indifference creates someone who is not a sociopath, but who is inherently mischievous Mm. in a non-charming way. But as well, Ben, who we also sometimes call middle management. Yeah, the uh, yeah the middleman. Do we have a uh, do we have a Taco Bell? No, what was it? Oh, Ben deserves better than Taco Bell. Come on, man. Chipotle. No, I don't know. Not spicy making... enough. No, he's just the middleman. Okay, so we'll just call him the middleman then. But now I've said it. Okay, anyway, so but another thing is that like we've we do see Ben cry, but I think and Ben being a sociopath potentially is like because of his upbringing and stuff. And yeah. I think this is a a topic for the man in, uh, behind the curtain, which is in season three. Oh, good. Okay, so we'll try and uh, remember that a year from now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. But cool. yes, I would immediately say 
Sociopath Ben Linus. But I would also die for Ben Linus. Sorry, what were you saying about Jake and Logan? Oh, <laughs> if if Burger King is Logan Paul, yeah. or is, yeah, Logan Paul, then Arby's is Jake Paul, and you know that to be true. That is true. <laughs> Ew. I hate them both so much. This is the most amount of time I ever want to spend talking about the Pauls. Yeah. Garbage humans. Great. Aaron's like, who? They're the YouTubers. Yeah, they're garbage. Yeah, the horrible ones. Uh, the one had the song, and the other one had the video. Yeah. Sure. Sure, okay. That, I, the thing is, I could not prove you wrong, so yeah. I feel like that's right. <laughs> so Locke has lost the trail. And so he's saying, oh, Sawyer, like, does any of this look familiar to you? And Sawyer's like, absolutely. This jungle absolutely doesn't look literally all the same. <laughs> totally. Yeah, they really needed, uh, you know who would have been useful in this? Mm. Saeed or Echo? Yeah. Where are they? Mm. Well, Saeed is finding music depressing down in the hatch. Yeah, I know, but still. Yeah. They're like, Naveen, we need you in this episode because contracts. Um, how about you come in for this one to be sad? Naveen's like, all right. Sure, whatever. And so Sawyer, like, they, like, orient themselves and figure out, like, where they came from. And they find that Michael is not going there. He's going somewhere new. So obviously this, like, Walt, quotation marks. Has given has, him a direction. Has given him a direction, has given him a place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's going somewhere else. Moving back to the beach, Kate is talking to Hurley in the background, and Jin is watching. And Sun says, hey, I got you a hat. And he's like, cool, I don't want it. And she's like, yes, you do. Wear the hat, please. <laughs> Which is fair. She's like, yes, you will wear this hat. And he's like, I think something is wrong. And so Hurley comes over and he says, hey, I like your hat, Jin. <laughs> and Jin's like, thank you so much. And another thing is like, We've talked about this before, but, like, the way that you understand the subtitles is that if you are relating to somebody who speaks Korean, then you get the subtitles. And if you're relating to someone who doesn't speak Korean, you don't get the subtitles. So that's also the difference between, like, it's a conversation between one person who only speaks Korean, one person who only speaks English, and probably a little bit of Spanish, to be honest, and then Sun, who speaks both. So that's why we can understand Hurley and we get the subtitles for Jin. Okay. And that's another thing is that, like, later in, or I guess earlier, technically, but in the first flashback, we don't get any subtitles for any of the Italian because we're relating to Jack in that yeah, moment. Yeah, no one there speaks Italian that it, their POV is in. Right, yeah. Yeah, we're not re- we're not out here relating to Gabriella. <laughs> also, only one person's allowed to be named Gabriella, and I'm really upset that they named her that. Are you talking about High School Musical again? Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> you're in the ro- you're with the wrong audience, Brittany. Outnumbered. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? God damn it. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. So uh, yeah, we're getting the subtitles for both of them, and. Michael, they're tell- they're saying that Michael ran away again. And Jin is like, oh, well, I have to go after him because that's what I did last time. And I was able to save him last time. Yeah. Uh, so this time I will also do the same thing. Check and out. maybe this time I will say, hey, Michael, let's stop. We don't need to do this anymore. Slow down, man. But Sun is like, no, you can't go. Because I was worried last time you were gone. I was worried forever. And it was really hard for me. So I need you to stay. And Michael's, and he says, well, Michael is my friend. And she says, well, I'm your wife. And so he decides to stay. Which is surprising. Yeah. Because that's probably one of the first times on the island that Sun has seen his devotion to her, actually. And her wanting to have agency in their relationship actually, like, have an effect. For them, yeah. Like, which is kind of the bare minimum that you can want in a marriage, but considering how broken their marriage is. Yeah, I am not married, so I don't really have any experience in the field of being married, but uh-huh. I feel like, other than Sun, 
Yeah, probably just other than Sun. Michael is Jin's best friend right now. Oh, right? Yeah. So like, if you have to choose between your wife and your very best friend, like that's really hard. And I feel bad for Jin in this moment, you know? Like I understand where Sun is coming from, but it's like, if I had to choose between my significant other and my best friend, that would be that's a really, really hard. hard decision. Yeah. And I mean, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, it shouldn't be hard, but like- It this, is if you care like, about people. Yeah, exactly. If you have a lot of empathy and love for people, you want to show that to them. And I wonder how, like, I I wonder how Jin made sense of that in his mind. I feel like a lot of it was probably just like, well, you know, Sun makes good points and she's also right here. Yeah. And she can see if I make this decision, whereas Michael can't see that I've made this decision. And also I have helped him once before. Yeah. So maybe this time I can let somebody else handle it. Exactly. And there's also like the element of, um, I don't know, in, in my mind, there's the element of he doesn't know what danger, or he kind of does know what danger faces them, yeah. considering they just come back from a whole ordeal mm-hmm. and kidnapping and stuff. And he's like, you know what? I'm not really up for that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also not like Michael's being like, Jin, you specifically help. Help, Jin, <laughs> help. And Son is the one who's being like, Jin, you specifically, stay right here. And so he's like, fine, okay. Michael sends Jin a text, but it's like via, like, dove. Yeah. Help! Carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon! Help! Please! Um, and so back uh, to the trek that we're going on with um, them three dudes. Oh, must we? This yeah. storyline is just... Josh is doing some good shoulder acting. I appreciate that Josh has not forgotten that just because his shoulder has now been dressed and is healing, that it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. So like, I don't know, I just appreciate Josh like still kind of favoring that shoulder, that that arm and that shoulder. Wow, Robin, like something about Josh must be a day ending and why. I think Josh does good work on this show. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. (laughs) And I'm pointing out things that I learned in acting school (laughs) that I think he's doing a good job on. Calm down. Um, and so he's like, you know what? We should take a break because my shoulder is broken and terrible. And they're like, like, is Michael lost? Like, is he, does he know where he's going? And he's like, I don't think so. Like, it seems like he's going in a straight line. So I really feel like he's, he knows where he's going. And Locke says, Jack, what are you going to even do if, like, once we find Michael? And Jack is just like, well, I'm going to make him come back. And he's like, cool, cool. Not much of a plan, but, you know, go off. Yeah, maybe you should think of something else. I can help you. Um, Okay, like, how are you going to make him do that? Oh, well, I'll just talk to him. Okay, well, what if he doesn't want to come back? Uh, I'm just going to talk to him and I'll make him come back. This is a bad plan. It's not good. Oh, it's like he probably won't even listen to you. to assume that Jack even had a plan to begin with. Yeah. Oh, he fully didn't. Yeah. Where are you going, Jack? Well, let's say we catch up with him. Michael, what are you going to do? I'm going to bring him back. What if he didn't want to come back? (sighs) I'll talk him into coming back. (laughs) This is the second time he's gone after Walt. He knocked me out. He locked us both up. Something tells me he might be past listening to reason. Why, you think we should just let him go? Write him off? Who are we to tell anyone what they can or can't do? He's like, well, what, he probably won't listen to you. And it's like, he's done this before. And he was taught, the only, the person who talked him into coming back last time was Jin, <laughs> who doesn't even speak English. And he just like said some like small words. Yeah. And this time, Michael has prepared by getting shooting lessons from Locke. He's armed. He's armed. He knows exactly where he's going. Yep. So I think it'd be hard to, 
to bring Not him back even this time. his good friend Jin could save him. Yeah. Locke says, who are we to tell people what they can and can't do? Oh, I love that. And of course, Locke's whole f- catchphrase is, don't tell me what I can't do. So that works out nicely. Gorgeous. Okay. So now they're trying to get up this like super steep slope and they're like using vines and they're like, can Michael even get up here? He's and they're just- like, I don't know. I'm trying my best. <laughs> He's a fit guy. He's yeah. one dude. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He has to carry a gun. Um, I mean, and I, then yeah, he can yeah, do but it. I mean, like any TV character, he probably shoved it down the back of his pants. Mm. Oh, it was a rifle though, dude. Then he ha- it had a strap. Then right, he could just yeah, yeah. down the pant leg, pull it, put it over his shoulder. Yeah, little yeah. backpack. <laughs> um, and so that's when we finally get Sawyer calling Locke Mister Clean. Which is probably his most iconic Locke nickname. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he has iconic nicknames for everybody, and Locke's is Mr. Clean because it's literally perfect. And he also calls the steep slope Mount Vesuvius. So he's literally just like the most hyperbolic dork in the world. Yeah, he thinks he's really funny, and the problem is that he is funny. Yeah. But Mr. Clean is by far his most accurate roast. Mm-hmm. And so Locke is like, hey, why did you pick that name? And Sawyer's like, I'm confused. Uh, I thought it was pretty obvious, and also nobody ever asks me to explain my nicknames, so... Hmm. And Locke's like, no, why'd you pick Sawyer? And he's like, what? That's my name, what? Huh? Why'd you pick Sawyer? What do you mean, pick? After the census, Hurley gave me the flight manifest. Your name is James, right? James Ford. What's it to you? Just an interesting name to choose is all. Who'd you get it from? Who says I got it from anybody? Does Jack know this? Or is Jack like eavesdropping and being like, what? (laughs) I don't think Jack knows. Could Jack hear in that conversation? I never, yeah. Oh, I always thought, I mean, I assumed like, was Jack just like up ahead? And he was like, I hate both of you. So I'm just going to walk way ahead of you. I need you only for firepower. I'm not going to rewatch this episode. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I also think it's fair to assume that Jack was ignoring them because he, at this point in time, he really does hate both of them. It's true. And even in the pilot, like Kate and Charlie have this like conversation about um, like drive shaft and how Charlie is like, you know, the base and, oh, I'll call your friend Beth or whatever. And Jack comes over and is just like, hey, like, what's the freaking holdup? And they're like, hey, Charlie's famous. And Jack is like, right, let's go. <laughs> like, he's such a freaking buzzkill. Anyway. So he's like, hey, like, I mean, if that's your name, like, where did you get Sawyer from? And Sawyer's like, none of your business. But he doesn't have to explain it, luckily, because then we hear shots. Shots, 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 shots. Shots. That's what's shots, in my head, shots, too. Shots, I was like, shots, I don't know if we're making shots. this joke. You should always make that joke. But I feel like Kate's the only person who knows that right now, like, where actually the name Sawyer came from. Yeah. I think so. Um, so yeah, we start hearing gunfire and Jack starts yelling like a moron. Like this is, is this not how Shannon literally just died? Yeah. By ye- by screaming and yelling for no reason and then getting shot? If someone has a gun, the thing to do is to be very quiet. Yeah. You know, like Waskily Wabbit? Waskily Wabbit. Very quiet. <laughs> and so he's like why, like, why are you telling me to be quiet? Because aren't the others like really far away? And James is like, they literally took Cindy like a mile away from our camp. So no. But also I'm like, you were unconscious. So who told you that? Also, what? how can they be far away if like Ethan was in their camp? I know. They're like, it can't be that far away. Like Rousseau was there and she was like, hey, they're not far from here. Mm hmm. It's true. This episode is such a mess. But another thing is that, like, Jack and Cindy, like, had a moment 
in the pilot, like on the plane and everything. But I doubt Jack even knows what her name is. So like Sawyer is talking about Cindy to Jack and Jack's probably like, okay, random name. Probably thought it was a nickname. <laughs> yeah, for who? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, which one is that one? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, just... I don't know at this point, man. Yeah. They find three shell casings, but they heard seven shots. So something really cool that I read on Lostpedia is this, this is, is that this is a reference to the JFK assassination. Brittany, you have done research. <clears throat> Go off. I, okay. Just to preface this. Like, I was watching some documentary with my grandpa, because you know how grandpas are. Yeah. They love stuff about old presidents. And it turns out, I also love stuff about old presidents. Mm. And we were, we were watching, like, the death of a president, and I was like, I wonder what other presidents have been assassinated. And, you know, that led me down a rabbit hole with learning about JFK. Mm. So, um, when JFK was assassinated, there's actually some of the, like, really, well, it used to be exclusive film footage of it. People claim that they heard seven shots being fired at JFK, when in reality, they only ever really recovered three casings, and they accounted for, I think, two of them in JFK and then um, in actually one of the passengers in the front seat. Um, He was shot, I believe, through his hand, and that bullet actually had been one that came out of JFK, went through the seat and into him. Mm -hmm. which is a little brutal. But that's like the big like common thing that everyone thinks is like, you know, the conspiracy of JFK's assassination is why did people hear seven shots if there were only three? Mm -hmm. Well, the answer is echoes. Yeah. But you can actually see footage of that and hear why people like, like think that way. Can you hear it? I don't know. Um, If you Google Zapruder tapes. um, And I mean, it's really graphic because you're literally seeing someone be assassinated. But that's like the big reference that I think is so interesting. And I love that they put that in there. Mm -hmm. Because like someone had to be a really big nerd to do that. Oh, fully. Like Claire Willett level of presidential (laughs) nerd. I'm pointing my finger at Damon Lindelof right now in my head. She's like, it's you. Yeah. You're the one obsessed with JFK. Huh. So JFK's on the island. This just in. Oh my god. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. He was never dead. Mm. No. They actually saved him that day. One of the theories. Yeah. They're like, well, there's so many theories and loss, but the main one is JFK. JFK's on the island. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> if you said that to somebody, like if we went to Joe Garfine and we were just like, hey, here's a new theory, JFK's on the island, she'd be like, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> that or she would find a way to make it work. Yeah. Or she'd be like, hmm, yes, here's all the <laughs> evidence that I have now compiled. I mean, at this point, some things are so ridiculous, you could say they were on the island. It would make, like, that missing Malaysian flight that no one will ever find. Yeah. They're clearly on the island. Mm-hmm. So, like, Joe being able to, like, make anything work on the land of Lost, like, I can relate, right? Yeah. But it also reminds me of, like, when people are just like, anything can be true in the Harry Potter universe. Like, anything. Because the Harry Potter books are written from Harry's perspective, and he's an unobservant piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> So you're just like, Hermione's black? Sure. Like, like Harry ever said she wasn't? Yeah, exactly. It's Harry just like, wouldn't notice. Yeah, it's just like, um, yeah. Uh, Shayna Finnegan's transgender. Could be. Harry didn't notice, though. Yeah. You know, like, like, just pick any type of representation and you're like, yeah, probably makes sense. I don't know. Harry wouldn't have noticed either way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Fred and George were obviously bisexual, chaotic people. Yeah. I think that's, that's almost canon. That's just fully the truth. <laughs> Sawyer calls... Locke, I think, Daniel Boone. So let me just grab... Wait, Sawyer calls Locke Daniel Boone? Or he might have called Jack Daniel Boone. I can't remember exactly who he said it was, but let me check. Uh, Aaron, what's the best nickname anyone has ever given you? Uh, I don't know the best, but I know the yeah. worst. 
and it came from Key and Peel. Oh, what is it? <gasps> and it's ruined life for every Blake, every Jacqueline, and every Aaron for the rest of time. I I asked Robin if she could refer to you as Aaron because we have a friend named Aaron, and I kept getting confused. Yeah. And I said no. And she wouldn't do it. Yeah, my first day of work, I was oh. Aaron right from then. Aaron. Well, it's it's kind of nice because you get a nickname right off the bat, but it's always the same one. <laughs> I just need a little creativity. What's up, Aaron? Well, Aaron and I had nicknames for each other when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine didn't really make sense for you at all. No, and mine didn't make sense for you either because you called me mine and then I called you yours based on what you called me. Yeah, a spinoff. So wh- what were they? It's kind of just embarrassing. I don't know if we need to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, okay. it's not good. Robin is like smiling in an embarrassed way, which means I need to know it right now. <laughs> That's okay. No, you should definitely tell me though. It doesn't... That's okay. It doesn't even make sense. It was... No. It was... No, it doesn't. Robolian? Yeah, Robolian. Oh, and that's then... cute. That's not cute. It's not cute. It's not cute. Yeah, it is. No. I like it. And so I called him Aerolian because he called me Robolian. Oh, wow. Looking back, that word was dangerously close to another word. <laughs> I don't know. Aerolian? What? <laughs> I don't know. Aerolian. Are- <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I was like, I don't know what we are just speaking of. Areolian. <laughs> okay. Give me the formioli. Ravioli, ravioli. Give me the, give far- me the formioli. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Daniel Boone. <laughs> Sawyer calls Locke Daniel Boone after the American pioneer and hunter whose frontier exploits made him one of the first folk heroes of the United States. Yeah, it's very American. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. That he's like, Locke is good at things. I wasn't listening because I'm still thinking about what my worst nickname was. Are you ready to tell us? I think it was because when I was in school in the States, my last name was hyphenated. Mm. So my initials were BVHR. So everyone called me Beaver. Yeah. Because I was from Canada. Mm-hmm. And my initials. That one is probably the worst one. Okay. Bratney is a, another one. Broctopus. Broctopus is Brotopus. also a bad one. Mm-hmm. That's Claire's fault. Yeah. But um, to be fair, you call her Sea Willie. Yeah, but she deserves it. Mm. Her name is Claire Willet. Sea Willie. Yeah. It works too well. That just makes Yeah, it does just make sense to me. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I have a question for you. Yeah. Speaking of names. So last episode, it was the 23rd Psalm. We were talking about Echo. And Claire came up to Echo and was just like, Hi, I'm Claire. This is Aaron. And he went, Wow, Aaron's the brother of Moses. That's a really great name. Is that what you were named for? Uh yeah. It is. So yeah, Mr. Echo knows about me. Cool. Do, will you tell the, will you tell, yeah, do you know more about that story? Uh, yeah, Aaron and Moses, they were just bros. They would hang out. Uh, one time Aaron kind of messed up, but he made this like golden idol. And then Moses came down with the Ten Commandments and got really mad. And I think he melted it down or something. It was a, it was a big thing. So Aaron was a good guy, but he was... <laughs> You know, he he had his faults. So that's an AA run for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so is that what what Auntie Cheryl like? Were they just like let's let's yeah Bible name or was it because they just liked it just like Claire did? Um, a little bit of both. You know, if you can hit both, yeah. why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Love to hear about it from an actual Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah. The kid's name is Aaron. I yeah yeah. 
I understand. Do you, do you forget this? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. And then, okay, so Jack is asking Sawyer if he is coming for Michael or if he's coming to get revenge on those people who shot him. And Sawyer's just like, a little bit of both is good. If you can hit both. <laughs> Why not? You know? uh, and then Sawyer's like, well, what the heck, Jack? Like, are you even here for Michael? And Jack's like, I'm just here because I have to be the protagonist. I don't know. So in the next scene, Locke has fully just lost the trail. And he's like, I don't know, like, it's literally night, like, I need some light. And Jack's like, fine, here's a torch. And Locke's like, doesn't really help that much because yeah. it's made of fire and it's scary, but whatever. I think it's Jack who says, you don't just lose a trail. And I'm like, I think you will find in multiple times in this show and in life, you can just lose a trail. Yes, you can. So I'm not sure what the heck you're talking about. So then Jack accuses Locke of not wanting to find Michael. And Locke's like, yeah, I'm totally out here. <laughs> What? At night, in the dark, you know, gone through this whole thing, went on a giant trek with you because I don't want to find Michael. I think we better head back. What? Just find the trail, John. I've lost the trail. You don't just lose a trail. You just don't want to find him. Yeah, that's right, Jack. I've been running through the jungle toward the sound of gunfire because I don't care about Michael. Don't turn around on me, John. You're not going to get him to come back and you know hey, it. You know what happens if we just turn around and go back? We're never gonna see him again. And that's gonna be on us. On you. And on me. You're exactly right, Jack. Jack sucks. <laughs> and yet he rejected the one person who wants to come help find Michael. Yeah! Exactly. That's so true. And so he's like, so Locke doesn't actually believe that Jack can even get Michael to come back. And honestly, like, I doubt that he actually can. No, he can't. And he's like, well, if we don't, like, look for him now and find him, he'll die and he'll, like, disappear and we'll never see him again. That sounds dramatic. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but still. Yeah. Um, and then we have this bearded man who's not very friendly to them. How many times do you think you can make that joke, I wonder? I think it's a really good joke. Okay. Um, MC Ganey, who plays... So this guy's name is Mr. Friendly. <laughs> I don't think we learn about that later, but like I figure since we're going to talk about him so much now, it'd be like weird to just call him the bearded man. So his name is Mr. Friendly. And he was, uh, MC Ganey was on Riverdale this past season in uh, season two as a character named Papa Poutine mm -hmm. from Montreal. What? That's my drag name. And yeah, he just, he also just wasn't very friendly. Mm -mm. He was only in one episode and then he died, but it was nice to see him. See, <laughs> Aaron's like, damn, I actually kind of do need to catch up on Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, Papa Poutine. It's a garbage heap. It is a garbage heap, but every week you're just like, what more will they pile upon us? Yeah. yeah. Were you saying Andy Cohen comes in at some point? Yep. Yep, and he shows up and he's not even a character. He's just Andy Cohen. And he's just like, I love these other rich people. And they're like, cool. And Kevin's like, I've always wanted to meet Andy Cohen. It's garbage. It's, it's horrible. Is he hanging out with the kids or is he just... No, he like, lodges. he's like, hangs out with the lodges for like five seconds and yeah. then leaves and then we never see him again. I'm like, why are you here? That's awesome. If I was famous, I would just do that. What was the point of you? Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good way. That's to, like, what Sean Mendes did. Yeah. Sean Mendes was like, I like the hundred. Can I come on? And Jason Rothenberg was like, yeah. And then Sean Mendes was on for a, for an episode. Yeah. And recently. Sean Mendes on the 100. Yeah. Wow. And then. And then recently, they were like, hey, is Sean Mendes' character still alive? And they're like, probably. And I'm like, How? absolutely not. No, no. No. No, he's dead. He is dead. He died in Prime Fire. Yeah. He absolutely died. If no. he didn't, he didn't, if he didn't, like, die in the first apocalypse, the second one, for sure. Yeah. Or, sorry, actually, technically, the second and the third. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sean Mendes is dead. Was he playing Sean Mendes? No. <laughs> no, his I went. Well, he kinda was because Raven wanted him to sing. Yeah, he sang a song. And then and then Oh, it's a Ed Sheeran Game of Thrones situation. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he came on and sang a song no, and No, but he didn't really get to sing. No, he did sing a bit, and then a Jasper little. attacked him. Yeah, and he best, got to do a fight. The scene. best thing that happened was that Jasper kind of like punched him in the face and attacked him, and it yeah. was like, oh, okay, this is funny. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch that now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Add it to your list of things we're making you watch now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So friendly finds them, and he has a beard. And Sawyer says that like that's the guy that shot me. And I went back to part three of the season one finale, and it goes very very dark. And then Sawyer gets shot. Um, And I don't think Friendly even had a gun at that point. So it's just like, I mean, it's the principle of the thing. But I don't think Friendly was the one who actually shot Sawyer. Just saying. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, Sawyer gets shot again. (laughs) And just gets kind of grazed a little bit. And see, this is why Sawyer doesn't go on road trip. Yeah. And then Friendly says that Michael will never find them. And so let's all build a fire and talk. Oh my god, are they literally forming a calming circle? Yeah, isn't that cute? I wish that you got this joke. Okay. But you don't because you haven't seen Hocus Pocus. No. God, that's a f- I watched Halloween Town. It's the same energy. Oh, I understand it's the same energy, but like Halloween Town was made after Hocus Pocus and I saw it was just never on the Disney Channel when I- That's fair. Those both sound too scary. What? They're not scary. They're Aaron, just- you, you never watched Halloween, Halloween Town? Nah, wasn't a Halloween Town guy. Okay. If I could live in a place called Halloween Town, I would. Mm. Like, when that summary for the Sabrina trailer came out, and they were talking, and they were, like, in a town where it seems to be perpetually Halloween, I was like, I'm moving there. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, that's my life. I'm done. I, I want to be there. Yeah. Whoa, are they making the Sabrina show? <laughs> where? <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, do you not go on the internet? Uh, not in this, not, not always. It's coming out on October 26th, I believe. Yep. On Netflix. Is it in the Riverdale universe? Exactly. Yes, yes it is. Oh, um, that's awesome. But they're not crossing over. They sort of exist side by side. Yeah, in a different, like, they live in Riverdale and they live in Green, and Sabrina lives in Greendale. And they're, like, in the tri-state area. Yeah. But they're not. So they'll it. eventually cross yeah. over. Yeah, they're hoping to make them cross over, but we know that it doesn't cross over in season one. I think other than yeah, maybe right. mentioning things like, oh, they went over to Riverdale or yeah, something Yeah, they like probably that. just say something about it. Either way. Or Andy Cohen pops yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. By the time this goes up, we will have all seen season one. So oh, hope, yeah, good hope it's good. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> So now we're back in the hatch and they are checking out Geronimo Jackson. So just like the Apollo bar, which is a chocolate bar that um, has kind of just been made up for Lost, um, Geronimo Jackson is a band that doesn't exist. It's all over this show, but it doesn't really exist. And Damon and Carlton have said multiple times that it totally does exist. It's just really obscure. But uh, like Steven said last episode, they have a tendency to just um, blatantly lie. Mm, yeah. Um, so we're all pretty sure that Geronimo Jackson just doesn't exist. But there are some really cool things on the Geronimo Jackson page uh, on Lostpedia. This is the first time that we're hearing about them. But they've been made, uh, references to them have been made starting in season two, just like all over the place. There are characters in season three who have sh- t-shirts. There are posters uh, in the backs of, like, uh, 
like in set deck and in random places yeah like like random rooms and stuff yeah it's just all over the freaking place yeah poster vinyl cover at a birthday party a character later says turn it up i love geronimo jackson before she dies Ooh. Mm -hmm. they have a song called dharma lady (gasps) yeah it was on itunes and um yeah it just like plays all the time in like the show, yeah, people more people wearing shirts, promotional concert posters. There's an Easter egg on the disc four of season two DVD features a short video clip talking about the band's backstory. 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 But something really cool back about rolls. it. Back rolls. Um, is like this is what the single of like Dharma Lady has some art, like uh, what's it called, cover art mm-hmm. for the single, um, and it's very Alice in Wonderland themed. And that's something that's really cool about them is that the rabbit who's shown on the cover, like the, this rabbit is really important to them. His name is Rabbit Jack. Aww. And he's like a disembodied rabbit skull. Oh, I, I, that's no longer cute. Yeah, named Rabbit Jack. So that's cool. But one of my favorite things about the trivia, there's some really cool stuff here. Charlie's middle name, which is Hieronymus, means sacred name in ancient Greek and is a variant of the name Geronimo. Geronimo, um, Geronimo. These girls are falling dominoes. Well, where is it? Oh, okay. So you know how it's like really Alice in Wonderland themed? Yes. Like most things about Geronimo Jackson are Alice in Wonderland themed. Um, the surnames of the two directors of Disney's Alice in Wonderland are Geronimo and Jackson. Oh! Yeah, so it's all about Alice in Wonderland. Yo, that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I'm yeah. Like, I'm gonna be real with you. I know, when I was doing the research a couple days ago, I was like, what? I was like, where is she going with this? And I'm like, that's where she's going with this. Yeah. No, that's about that's about all the cool stuff. But if you're interested in Geronimo Jackson, there's a whole page about it on Lostpedia that you can check out, people who are listening. Um, so there you go. So yeah, Geronimo Jackson. They're always like, oh, you know, I've never heard of them. Like, all three of the people in the scene are like, no, I've never heard of them. It's because they don't exist. They're all squares. Yeah. <laughs> Hurley talks about how he likes Libby and how he might have a shot with her because it, it's literally a desert island scenario. Like, oh yeah, wow! Like he really like, is one of the last men on earth for them. <laughs> like middle school or whatever, they'd be like, "Do you have a shot with them?" And you're like, "Yeah, maybe." If you're like literally on a desert island, you're the only person, mm-hmm. you know. And he's like, yeah. "This is literally that scenario. We are marooned on an island." So, what do you think's the story with that Libby chick? The story? She's kind of cute, right? You know, in a, I've been terrorized by the others for 40 days kind of way. Yeah, there is that. I think I have a chance with her. I mean, it's a classic Desert Island scenario. If I ever had a shot, this is it. Then that's when Charlie is just like, oh, like, do you think Claire misses me? And I'm like, no. Bye. But also something that I was thinking about is just like if the roles were reversed and these were this is this were these were two women being like, I have a crush on this guy. Do you think he likes me back? I don't know. Do you think my boyfriend misses me? We'd be like, frick this. This is garbage. Why are women only talking about men? Uh, but I, I I am still of this opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah, like when this scene was happening, I was just like Y'all hear something? Because I don't care. Like, at this point, I don't think Charlie deserves Claire, and I'm no. not invested in Hurley and Libby yet. Yet. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And then Saeed shows up, and he and the music makes him sad. And he's like, where are Jack and Locke? Because clearly, o- everyone only cares about Jack and Locke. And they're like, oh, he went after Michael, and also Sawyer went, and also Kate. And that's when everyone goes, oh, what? Kate wasn't allowed to go! They, they specifically said, no girls allowed. Mm-hmm. There was a poster and everything. They put it on the outside of the tent. Yeah. This is just a Little Rascals reference, you know? Okay. Okay. So back 
with, you know, the crew and Mr. Friendly. Um, he's like, hey, Jack, can you just chill out? Like, we're not trying to hurt you here. What's up? I have a, a question that is is relevant. Okay. Is Mr. Friendly the gay one? Yes. Oh, we love representation in evil form. Yeah, except we only hear about it once in season four and then never again. I, it blows my mind that this show has absolutely no LGBTQIA representation. Friendly says, I come in peace, which is funny because I feel like everyone on like their side is kind of like thought they were kind of alieny. My thing is in television and media, when someone says I come in peace and they mean it, no one ever listens. Yeah, that's true. So they're like, hey, how do you know our names? And I'm like, well, that's a that's a question for the spoiler section. What an absolutely fantastic question. Thank you so much. Yeah, I totally know the answer, but unfortunately I can't say anything about yeah, it right now. That, that's private, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you, how dare you? Confidential. They're like, Walt is okay. He's totally okay. Um, Like, Jack, how long have you been here? And Jack says, we've been here for 50 days. And I was like, ooh, let's see if he's right. And he actually keeps pretty good count because it's day 51. Jack knows how to count? I guess. Well, wow. he went to med school and he's like, I still don't know how to count, though. I didn't go to f- school for math. I didn't freaking go to school for math. I didn't go to f- school for math. This is something cool, though, is that Friendly starts being like, hey, when you come to somebody's house, do you take off your shoes? Are you a bad house guest? And what's cool is that in the Dharma hatch, when they first entered, Locke took off his shoes and Jack didn't. Ooh. Great house guest. Yeah. I mean, Locke was like, it's funny because both of them were trying to be, like, really quiet and, like, tippy-toey. But Locke was like, ooh, my shoes are too loud. And Jack was like, stop, stop, stop. I don't care. Where's Kate? But, smartly, Jack kept his shoes on because you never know what's going to be on that ground. That's true. And so, when you got to book it out of there. Exactly. So, if anything, the idiot in that situation wasn't Jack, which is shocking. But it's also funny because Locke also, like, Jack gets in there and he's, like, immediately, like, everyone here is a threat. I'm, I'm gonna shoot everyone. <laughs> and Locke walks in there and it's just like, hello, Desmond. Nice to meet you. And every time Jack is like, I'm gonna shoot Desmond, he's like, this is unnecessary. Just listen to his story. So maybe Locke doesn't care. Maybe. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay whatever. Okay. Tell me, you go over a man's house for the first time. Do you take off your shoes? You put your feet up on his coffee table? You walk in the kitchen, eat food that doesn't belong to you, open the door to rooms you got no business opening. You know, somebody a whole lot smarter than anybody here once said that since the dawn of our species, man's been blessed by curiosity. You know the other one about curiosity, don't you, Jack? This is not your island. This is our island. And the only reason you're living on it is because we let you live on it. So then he makes a quote. Mr. Friendly says, You know, somebody a whole lot smarter than anybody here once said, Since the dawn of our species, man's been blessed with curiosity. Okay? I like that, yeah. Yeah. So, if you guys had to guess, who would you say is the type of person who he would be quoting here? This seems like a trap. Oh, how dare you? A cat. Did you just say a cat? Yeah, that's all I could think of. <laughs> Short notice. Like Garfield? Uh, yeah, exactly like Garfield. Read me the quote again. Uh, somebody a whole lot smarter than anyone here once said, since the dawn of our species, man has been blessed with curiosity. I don't know. Darwin? Sure. Okay. That would be a good guess. Okay. Right? It's you not, listen it's to not it, right, though, is you it? You listen to him say it and you think, oh, like... I wonder who that is. Edison, whoever. Like, you just say, like, someone smart, I'm sure, said that, right? 
Yeah. There, he's quoting some philosopher from wherever. He's not. If it's Garfield, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Garfield. He's actually quoting Alvar Hanso, who is the the founder of Dharma, of the Dharma Initiative. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. So not Garfield. Not a real person. Not a real person. Not Garfield. No. Damn. This is the first half of a quote from Alvar Hanso in his 1967 address to the United Nations Security Council as shown on the Hanso Foundation website. So the website of the Hanso Foundation was like an extraneous website that people that was made like just because of Lost, right? And it was a quote from uh, an address in 1967 that Alvar Hanso like potentially would have made if he was real. And that's what they put in the show. That's wild. I know. That's a deep dive. I know. That right. So cool. Like I bet it took people like I mean, I bet there were like people who like deep dive no matter what and they're just like I know exactly what that quote is. That's genius. And then it's like when it was revealed at the time I bet it was like crazy. Yeah. You they know? were like, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. I wonder if that site's still up. Um, I doubt it. Yeah. But yeah, you can check if you want. And then he references Curiosity killed the cat. And speaking of, hey. hello. Yeah. Garfield. Death. Death to Garfield, I guess. <laughs> um and he's like, "Okay, Here's the thing. We're letting you live here on this island. This is our island, and we are out of the kindness of our hearts. Because we are so friendly. So friendly and nice and kind and good and fresh. We are letting you live here, even though we're the ones who live in much better circumstances than you. We're letting you just live on our beach. You're welcome. They can't go suntanning anymore out there. Yeah. They can't go swimming. Mm-hmm. They've really lost a lot of their beach You privileges. guys are living in our beach house. Yep. So, you know, we're being nice. We're not even charging you rent. And Jack is like, I don't believe you. And Friendly's like, well, I just said a lot of things, so I need you to be more specific about what you don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, I think there's like one guy out there, maybe. I think there's two of you and there's like four of us, or I guess there's three of them at that point. So I bet there's there's more of us than there are of you. And he's like, cool. That would be really good for you. Unfortunately, that's not that's the case. That's not the case. Yeah, light them up. <laughs> then there's like at least 13 people around, right? And, ooh, one thing is that Friendly says there's a line, right? You can't cross this mm-hmm. line anymore. If you cross this line, we're going to have a problem. But something that I was noticing in our rewatch today is that he says there's a line. And in the flashbacks, Christian Shepard like just said, Jack, there's a line. You can't cross it, right? So Jack's like, well, challenge freaking accepted then. But I love that they're doing parallels here where it's like, there's a line and there's a line in both storylines. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Metaphorical and physical. Mm. I like it. <laughs> Beautiful. And so he's like, cool. So anyway, we're done here. So just give us all your weapons and go. And Jack's like, that's a hard no. And he's like, I didn't want to have to do this, but I need Alex to bring out Kate. And we know Ooh. that Alex is the name of Rousseau's child. Yep. I believe we know it's a girl by now. Yep. So even though we don't see Alex in this moment, it's easy to infer that that's probably who it was. Yep. And that, you know, people who remember that sort of thing could probably be like, oh my God, Alex is alive and is still with the others. Hmm. Unless they're just giving us a random name, which they wouldn't because it's lost. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, listen, so you could save Kate right now, or you could watch her die for literally three guns. Eh? Which one are you going to pick? Which one do you want to pick? <laughs> What's annoying, though, is he's like, it's your call, Jack. And I'm like, if this was Locke's call, if this was Sawyer's call, they'd be like, nope, take all our weapons. Of course, we'll we'll take Kate. Let's go. And Jack is like, oh, I got to think about it. 
I'm like, why is it up to Jack? The fact that Jack has a fully stocked armory yeah. and paused over giving up three guns to save Kate's life mm-hmm. because he was angry that she kissed him. This is to me like an actually like really unforgivable moment. Yeah. Like if if you love someone, even if they don't love you back in that way, but you like they still care about you. It should be kind of a no-brainer for you to lose absolutely nothing because you still have those things back home and get their life in return. It's like quite a small moment actually, but when you like really go into it, you're like, this is really garbagey of you. Yeah, this is like one of those things where it's like, if people said this is the reason I hate Jack, I'd be like, that's valid. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> then Sawyer is like trying to protect Kate and everything. He's like, don't touch her. And then they're like, okay, three, two, one. And Jack's like, okay, ugh, ugh, fine, I guess. So they give all their stuff. And he's like, Locke, I know you have another one. And Locke's like, oh, dang it. Locke got so busted. <laughs> Sawyer calls Mr. Friendly Zeke, which is a reference to... Oh, the Wizard of Oz. Sawyer calls Tom Zeke after the Kansas farmhand who also represented the cowardly lion in this movie. Wow, that was a Whoa. deep, like, reach for him. Yeah. Ooh, another thing... smart. Or that obsessed with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Tom is using a Luger P08 pistol which is notorious for its usage by the Nazis in World War II. Oof. So you also have that. There's actually a blooper error about that. So um, recently in the Anna Lucia episode, as well as in What Kate Did, people who are part of the police force, such part of the military, have gone on here and posted some continuity errors about, you know, something in their expertise. For example, in the Anna Lucia episode, they mentioned that they're using, like, the lingo uh, uh, and the radio speak incorrectly, and this is what it would actually mean. And in What Kate Did, they were saying that uh, some of them were wearing their, um, what's it called? Uh, uniforms incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So this is another example of that. So in the bloopers, it says, while Kate is being held by Tom Friendly as he presses a gun into Kate's neck, you hear the cocking sound of an external gun hammer by the thumb of the hand gripping the weapon. This is not possible as his gun is a German Luger P08 pistol and they do not have external hammers and such and as such, require two hands to cock the slide. So you effed up lost. <laughs> How would you even think to look for that detail? I know, right? Unless you knew so much about it already. Yeah. It's so cool. It, it kind of really shows like... How many, how universal this show is yeah. and how um, worldwide anyone, it's gone. Anyone watches it. Yeah. And you got to appreciate how much work goes into designing all these sounds too. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to add all that in after, I guess. It's crazy. It's cool also because Lost really does like try its best to get those things correct yeah. too. And most of the time they do. So like the little mistakes they make are like, oh, it made the wrong sound of the gun. And it's like, but they've got everything else about it right. <laughs> yeah. And if you're just a regular viewer like us, us, you don't know that stuff about it. Uh-oh. Like you, you know, you assume everything is correct, right? Like you can tell the writers like bothered to do research. Mm-hmm. Then we have Jack just being kind of pissed off at Kate. What what else is new? Yeah, which honestly is like fair, you know. Like she kind of foiled their plan, but he also was super rude to her. The plan wouldn't have been foiled if he had just let her come along. Then they wouldn't have anyone to hostage. And at the same time, they would have been caught anyway. Yeah. Like, it's not like that was going to be something they avoided. Yeah. So now we go back to Jin and Sun, and Jin is kind of telling Sun that he doesn't really like being told what to do, which, fair, I don't think anybody does. Mm -hmm. And Sun says that her whole life for four years... Hey, that's a number. Yeah. For four years was being told what to do, and she didn't like it either. And Jin says, you know what? That's fair. You're right. He's learning. learning. What are your thoughts on this, Brittany? I feel like you have thoughts. I actually don't have any. 
Well, you were saying that like it was really good communication on their part. It it was in that this is the first time they've actually not that they've had to communicate, but that they've shown us them healthily communicating with one another in the entire course of their marriage. Mm -hmm. Like they've never talked like this before. Yeah. Like openly and honestly. So to me, this was a big moment just because there was a lot of compromise and setting aside of egos, which I think is a really hard thing for Jin especially to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's such a different man now and so is Sun. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. Kate tells Jack that she made a mistake and that she's sorry. And he says that he is also sorry. And right after this, we go into a flashback in which Jack says that he made a mistake and that he's sorry. And Sarah says that she is also sorry. Yeah. So that's another parallel they've done here. And I like that stuff. Um, they get back to the beach and Sawyer's shoulder has started bleeding now. So I like that sort of... Like he's ripped his stitches. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that detail that it's just like, he got his bandaged. Did he even get his bandages changed? I don't think he did. Jack was in a hurry. He needs a band-aid. Yeah. <laughs> Fix his band-aid. <laughs> and I guess Locke now calls Sawyer James now. Like he just like took that. It's a, I think it's a power move. Oh, it absolutely is a power move. Which is, again... What, the reason that people have trouble with Locke is crap like this, where yeah. he assumes that he has the authority to belittle someone in that manner. Mm -hmm. Well, it's another thing is it's just like Sawyer, this is Sawyer's chosen name. Yeah. So he'd like to be called Sawyer. Yeah. So you should call him Sawyer. Exactly. That's that's his name and that's the name that he goes by and deal with it, Locke. Just because you find out that his name was something else doesn't mean that that's what his name is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sawyer says to Kate that he would have done the exact same thing. Then we have the moment with Claire and Locke here where they're just kind of being cute and, you know, being friends. Because Locke and Claire have, like, a connection, sort of. They're friends. Like, he made the cradle and he helped her learn how to swaddle. And, you know, they just, they've had chats. They're friends. I love, I love that little moment. And I love that, I believe Charlie is the one observing it, right? In this moment, yeah. Yeah. I love the subtle implication there, which is Charlie thinks that Locke has taken his role in Claire's life, but yeah. in reality, this is actually a really important human ex connection for Locke because it's a purely, like, pure connection. Mm -hmm. Like, it's innocent. He gets to play with a baby. It's like, <laughs> it's just a really cute thing that he gets to do. And Charlie, you can see, is just kind of, like, jealous. Yeah. He doesn't understand that there can be different types of relationships. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you can have friends and also be in a relationship with someone. I guess that's just not a real thing. Yeah. But yeah, so Charlie seeing them and being all weird about it is set up for next episode. And you can't really hear them very well because obviously like you know we zoom in on Charlie and then they like fade out the music because he's like in his own world and not paying attention to crap right but if you look at the transcript like somebody has like listened real carefully to what they're actually saying and Locke calls himself old uncle Johnny <laughs> when he's talking to the baby that's so cute and if Charlie was paying attention to that uncle is different from dad yeah <laughs> what you're mad at dad can you imagine <laughs> they would have been like um what Old Ew. Daddy Johnny. <laughs> ew, ew. Aaron, if you ever say that again, I will kick you off this pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Jack goes over to talk to Anna Lucia, who's hanging out with Vincent, because Vincent's just like the elder wand, and he, he gets passed to whoever, whoever killed the, the last... <laughs> The last owner of the stop it. I guess I just made that up. I'm proud of it. Okay, Thanks. whatever. I was thinking like whoever needs him most, and you're like, hey, but this is a funnier joke, and now I'm mad about it. Whoever killed the last owner of the Elder Wand is the owner of the Elder Wand, except it's Vincent. So then Jack and Wilbur and says, oh, I think you have you like you made a new friend now, and she's like, yeah, progress. And you can hear like either it's a crew member or like a background actor in the background, very faintly going, not really. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 
Like, I saw that on Lost Pedia and I was like, that's not real. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh my god. Like, it, it, it's real. You can only hear it if you're listening for it. Yep. But someone goes, uh, not really. <laughs> and it's hilarious. And then he's like, yeah, like, Michael left. And she's like, oh yeah, I can't really do anything about it. Um, which is literally exactly what Locke said. But and I also like that she ma- she basically said, hey, this was a filler episode with no real purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wasted your time. Well, I mean, you know, Friendly had his, like, information dump a little bit, and that was, like, it. Yeah. He's like, hey, like, I heard that you maybe killed an other, and she's like, oh, like, yeah. Who did you hear that from? I would assume Echo. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Echo wouldn't be out here telling those secrets. Wait, Sawyer would know. Oh, Sawyer probably would know. And Sawyer's, uh, Sawyer's got a big old mouth. I love their gossip <laughs> session. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Jid knows, he can't tell anyone. That's true. And he's like, oh, Saeed says you're a cop. She's like, no, I was a cop. He's like, can I ask you a question? And she says, shoot, which isn't the greatest choice of words. Oh my God. (laughs) But go off, I guess. And he says, how long would it take to train an army? This is stupid. This is very stupid. What kind of army is he looking to train, guys? That's my question. Here's the thing. This is just like, is Ana Lucia the best person to go to for this? Maybe you should ask someone with actual military experience. I don't know. He's busy. Yeah, he is busy. No, he's not. He's busy being sad. Okay, that's fair, but Ana Lucia should also be busy being sad. Next time I see a cop, I'm just going to ask them. How long would it take to train an army? Yeah, see what they come up with. Hey, that'll immediately get you arrested under suspicion of terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) But she doesn't... She, I'm sure, went through the academy to be an LAPD officer. But that's not the same as training an army. No! She's not in the military. (laughs) It's been a long time since she went through training. She got discharged from being a cop. She doesn't know, like... The The academy and basic are two very different things. The only thing they have in common is a fight gun. Gun? Yeah. Gun? Gun? Question mark? What do you have? A gun! Okay. No! (laughs) But, like... I don't know. I feel like she wouldn't know the answer. The difference is that if Jack said, Saeed, how long would it take to train an army? Saeed would be like, well, um, zero time uh, or like forever because um, that's a stupid idea and we're not going to do it. But if he says, Anna Lucia, how long would it take to train an army? And she's like, ooh. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Let's think about it. (laughs) So those are all my island thoughts. Did you guys have any more? I think you covered it. Very thorough. (laughs) Thanks. That's my job. Round of applause for Robin. Thank you. I love being thorough. I wasn't even doing sarcastic claps. I was actually like, yes, bitch. So it's spoiler? No, it's flashback time. Oh, fla- oh, jeez. Yeah. Holy moly. Don't worry. Flashbacks won't take very long because none of us have anything overly deep to say about how stupid Jack is. Yeah. Jack sucks. So, like, oh, look, another set of flashbacks where Jack is determined to fix something but then doesn't. Oh, wow. No way. Wow, a mysterious Italian man. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Brittany, do you want to talk a little bit about our Patreon and our survey? Sure. Um, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaffectionados. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a service where you can donate to your favorite creators if you like what they do. So if you like what we do, we would really appreciate it because all of the money that we get goes into all of our hosting fees because upcoming five podcasts, Mm -hmm. that costs a lot of money. So if you can help, we would really appreciate it. And also we have a survey open um, just forever. Basically. Yeah, it's perpetually open. Um, it's about our you guys and your and like our listeners. And it's also about us and what you like about the pod and what you think we could work on. Because Lord knows we, we can work on things. We could try. Yeah. Well, we have... Well, excuse me for having enormous flaws that I don't work on. 
But yeah, that's basically um, that's the hot update of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm a patron, and I get all my money's worth. Oh my god, that's so nice. <laughs> I forgot you were a patron. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. It's helpful to us. It's the best one dollar I spend. <laughs> Every month. That dollar literally makes a difference. I need you to know that. Yeah, it does. Um, and also, this year, you'll be getting a postcard. Every November. Whoa. Every November, you get a postcard. Why November? Oh, because uh, we separated from our... Well, separated, more like... We're basically kindly fired. <laughs> well, we were... <laughs> It's not like we were fired. No. It's just uh, let go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the, uh, they were shutting down. Laid our... off. We were literally laid off. Yeah. Because yeah. we were shutting down our, our podcast network. And so November 16th is the day where we, we got laid off. Independence Day. And we decided we're going to do our own thing. And so technically, AF was founded on November 16th. So yeah. every November 16th, if you're a patron by November 16th, oh my gosh, this is going up after November 16th. I feel terrible. If you start being a patron Aww. now, next November, you'll get another postcard. It'll say three years on it. But that's why November. Now let's talk about flashbacks. Okay. Something cool about these uh, flashbacks. Not a lot because I don't like them. But usually if they are speaking, I mean, usually Korean in this show. And I can go into the transcripts on Lostpedia and it will give me like the Korean and then I can put it through translate. Yeah. And it'll tell me around what Jin is usually saying, um, if there aren't any subtitles. Yes, I recall this. And then sometimes, like in last episode, they were speaking some Arabic that I didn't understand. And unfortunately, it wasn't in the transcripts either. But luckily, the Italian in this episode, somebody has already gone into the transcripts and translated it. Which is very helpful and also very illuminating. So kind. Yeah. Because what she translates him saying is is a little bit different than what he's actually saying. And I think that's really cool. She kind of eliminates, and that's what you can kind of do when everyone doesn't speak the same language as you, but he's a little more sassy than she makes him out to be. Oh my God, yes. She very, she censors him. Yeah. So they're kind of like talking, they're like looking at his x-rays and stuff. And there's actually a whole thing about his x-ray, his x-ray. Um, in the flashbacks, Jack stares for a moment at the x-rays behind him. In the corner of the x-rays, there's the date 16 November, 2005. This is impossible since the date of the plane crash was September 22nd, 2004. It is likely that this was the date the prop was created. Oops. Whoa. Mm. Oopsie. But yeah, so they're like looking around the x-rays and stuff and, you know, they're whispering. And Angelo, which is the name of the dad. Yes. He says in Italian, tell him to stop talking in whispers. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And she translated as he says you don't need to talk in whispers. He knows he doesn't have a chance. Wow. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, he's so harsh. So Christian says, tell him I'm very sorry, but he's not a candidate for surgery. And Gabriella says in in Italian, dad, he's like the others. He won't do it. So clearly this has happened so many times to them. And that's why Jack like trying and giving them a chance is really important to them. Yep. Christian says the way the tumor is situated on the spine, it's just not possible to remove it. And Angelo says in Italian, he won't try. Why? And she says, he wants to know why you won't try. So that's a pretty... That's a direct one. That's a direct, direct one. Because what your father is looking for is not a surgical procedure. What he's looking for is a miracle. Angelo says, sir, I did not come all this way for you. I came for your son. He wants to know why you won't try. Because what your father is looking for is not a surgical procedure. What he is looking for is a miracle. 
Signore, non sono venuto fino a qui per lei. Sono venuto qui per il suo figlio. He said, I did not come all this way for you, sir. I came for him. Destroy him! He said, I did not come all this way for you, sir. I came for him. For Jack. So that's a pretty um, direct translation as well. And then at the very end of this scene, Jack says, like, he'll run some tests and he'll try. And Angelo says, I thank you very much. So that, that's all the Italian yeah. <laughs> in the episode. So, yeah, shout out to Sarah on Lostpedia for, uh, for translating those. Yeah, from that was actually, like, a real, like... Really cool. Boss move. Yeah. They're talking about the x-rays, and we've kind of now... Oh, another thing that people noticed was that the people who play Angelo and Gabriella, they are probably not actually Italian. They are Americans who can speak Italian, because they have very distinct American accents while speaking in Italian. Well, duh. Isn't that crazy? Like, for like, I mean, we listen to it, and we're just like, ooh, Italian. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, that's fair. But people in Italy are like, as if... <laughs> They're like, that's American Italian. It sounded so convincing. Yeah. So they start talking about how Jack had fixed Sarah, which was a miracle. And so, you know, they've done some really thorough research and they've learned that like Jack is one of the best in the country, I guess. And so he says that, you know, he'll give it a shot. He'll do some tests. And Christian is pissed off. This weird, this weird like alternate universe where Jack is good at stuff. Bizarre. I know, right? Yeah. Where people like actually want Jack and need his help crazy in the next scene jack is like monitoring angelo and stuff and gabriella walks in i find i have a hard time calling her gabriella yeah i was like are you like you say gabriella and i'm like where's troy yeah exactly yeah jack you're not troy <laughs> jack is troy oh. t for troy oh that's Ew! why would you, why would you ah. disrespect troy in that manner yeah he deserves better troy bolton tries his best sorry zach yeah <laughs> Um, so I'm like, I have, a, I have a really hard time calling her Gabriella. I, so I'm going to call her Gabby. Yeah, that's better. Okay. <laughs> He's like, hey, like, why aren't you home? And she and her her home is a hotel room. Yeah. Man, if he's been running tests for over a month, dude, you got to oh, be. Oh, those hotel bills, though. Those hotel bills, plus you're, play, you're paying a specialist doctor for over a month to do tests In America. On In America, you got to be freaking rich. That's so much money. And I feel like, obviously, like, I'm not, I'm not super rich or anything, so I also can't speak to that experience, but. Wait, you're not super rich? I Why know. Why are we friends? I know. Um, I only hang out with very wealthy people. I think you're richer than me. <laughs> so I'm not sure why you're talking like that. Um, but. The joke was that I don't. As far as I've seen in, like, television shows and things, and that's really all I can speak to, I find, and I might be wrong. Just more and more disclaimers. But I find that people who are extremely wealthy and can go to all of these big heights to fix themselves feel invincible in some way. And so the fact that she put all of this money into this and he still died is probably really jarring. Yeah, because you expect like if you're if you're going to the ends of the earth... You need it to work. Yeah. Yeah. Wealthy people do absolutely expect that they can pay to have any problem solved. Yeah. But like, I think Steve Jobs is a great example of you can have a lot of money, but like it, death doesn't discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes some things aren't fixable no matter how much money you have. And these people clearly, I guess, had a lot. Yeah. So yeah. death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It just takes and it takes and it takes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So she's like, I prefer being at the hospital to the hotel. 
And Jack's like, relate. sounds like a garbage hotel. Yeah, like, I, what does that even mean? Yeah, can't relate. And he, yeah, he's been doing tests for a month, and neither of them really believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. Which isn't, like, super helpful in that moment. And she starts talking about his wife. And this is, like, the part that is very clear to me that the writers want, like, I don't know, she gets very, very villainized in this story because they make it very clear that she knows he's married. Yeah. And then she does that later. She's just supposed to be, like, a prop for his confusion. Well, like... Same way that Kate is. If they hadn't had this moment... I would be like, oh, like, she didn't know, and, like, it's Jack's fault because he's kissing her back, you know, and, like, how is she to know? But she knows, and she, like, has a whole conversation about it, and that's kind of gross. It's just, it's this, it's the same thing. They're trying to make she and Kate out to be similar people. Ew. Uh, that, yeah, like, <gasps> two women who have, like, confused the hell out of Jack by kissing him <laughs> after they've been through a trauma. Jack says, Jack is like, can everybody stop kissing me? I'm so confused. Sawyer's like, but I... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, not again. <laughs> but please. The good ship Joyer. Sawyer's so like, wait, no. <laughs> I was next in line. We had a spreadsheet. Um, uh, yeah, so she knows about Sarah and she's like, knows that Sarah was the person who he fixed that one time. Which happened in Duno, no, in Man of Science, Man of Faith. And she's like, and she must be really cool with you, like, being out at 4.30 a.m. And he's like, ooh, it's 4.30 a.m. Oopsie daisy. I didn't notice. <laughs> so he goes home. And she's like, goodbye, Jack. And the way he, she says Jack, I'm like, okay, that's, that's enough. You, like, you could stop projecting now. Yeah. Um. So he gets home and Sarah, and she, and Sarah is awake. At now, 4.30 a.m. I'm not married, once again. Do people sleep in their wedding rings? Yes. That sounds uncomfortable. They stay on 24-7. That's Mm. why they're made of beautiful metal, so that they stay on shower, anything. Except gardening. Son learned that one the hard way. Interesting that she's cheating on him and still wears her wedding ring. Some people get tattoos instead. I'm about that. Yeah. It's harder, harder to cover up, though, if you're, like, doing a thing. Well, you shouldn't be doing a thing. No, I mean, like, acting and stuff. Oh, yeah. If they need to cover it up. Sorry, I didn't mean like. <laughs> it's hard to cover it up if you're committing adultery. And I'm like, like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she, she's awake, and he's like, yeah, sorry, like I lost track of time, and she's like, hey, that's the price of of working miracles, and I'm like, cool that we keep using the word miracle when Jack literally just said he doesn't really believe in them. It's it's just science. Mm. And so she's going to get up because it was 4.30 when he was at the hospital. So I assume it's around 5 or 5.30 now. Mm-hmm. And so she, so it, it's plausible that she gets up now. She's going to go to the gym. She's going to grade some papers. Robin now has I, a thought on this. I have a thought about this. It's possible that she has switched jobs uh, since the next time we see her in a flashback, which I believe is the season three premiere a tale of two cities but in a tale of two cities i'm pretty sure that's the right one that it happens in this episode we learn one who would know this i'm pretty sure let me know if i'm wrong but we learn that she's an elementary school teacher so i'm not sure what papers (laughs) these fourth graders are writing she needs to grade but what i did on my summer vacation yeah it's important okay or, or maybe book reports. Like, I, I honestly feel like, a, like should she not just be like, yeah, you did it. Participation grade. I don't know. No, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Huh. 
Imagine if school worked that way and it was a No, I mean elementary school, though. Like, if you're like, hey, you wrote two pages, way to go, Bradley. Check then mark. how would you ever develop as a writer if... Oh, exactly. But, like, I mean, I'm talking about, like, third grade, fourth grade. You're like, hey, at least you did it. You wrote something. Your handwriting is legible. Way to go, Bradley. <laughs> Bradley gets the participation trophy. Bradley has a hard time, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> So then she goes up to him and she says, hey, like, just so you know, like, I took a pregnancy test, but don't worry, it was negative. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. That's important. Because if they were actively trying to save their marriage, they should be upset. Yeah. But also, babies don't fix marriages. Theoretically, they don't, but some couples have found that having a child brings them closer together. Oh, yeah. But this marriage cannot be saved or fixed. Mm -hmm. Or even really salvaged. Just throw the whole marriage away. I feel like... Jack is the one who's, like, still trying to make an effort and just doing a bad job at it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really feel like when she says, don't worry, it's negative, she's kind of just talking to herself. Yeah. She doesn't want to be pregnant with this dude. That's fair. You know? And he just asks if uh, she wants to talk about it, and she says no. Because he's probably like, oh, are you upset about it? And she's not. She's like, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. Thank you, though. Thank you so much. Next scene, we have Gabby who's signing these papers to like for the surgery to start and such. And he's saying, Jack, that is, is saying that her father could live like another year without the surgery and live a perfectly normal life. So, I mean, that's like a really big conversation that you have to have with him and the rest of your family is, are you going to take this surgery and risk him dying or are you going to let him live for another year? And I mean, I I get it because if, if you were suffering, why do it? Why not? Yeah. You know? But, I mean, at the same time, if you're suffering and you know that, like, what you have ahead is just more suffering. Yeah. And then, and there's a chance, like, that you could die or there's a chance that you could live without suffering. Exactly. And then you're not, but then you wouldn't be, either way, you wouldn't be suffering anymore. Yeah. So, honestly, it makes sense to me. Okay. So she's like, oh, have you changed your mind? And he says no. And, like, she pretty, but, like, Julie Bowen's your wife and Julie Bowen's pretty, too. Yeah. So. Dewey Bowen's beautiful. Yeah. And she's really funny and a good person. She is very funny. And she does a really good Sofia Vergara impression. Yes, she does. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) keep Julie Bowen, I guess. And they, yeah, so they just wanted a chance. And so they're just really happy to, that he's doing this for them. Uh, Christian shows up and he can kind of like sense when people are being bad people because he himself is a bad person. I love that. You know, like he's like, ooh, somebody's doing something garbagey and it's not me this time. Woohoo! <laughs> and he says that the ITR reports need to be signed by Jack because he's the chief. Uh, what's it called? Shoot, I just had it. Um, what's it called when like you have somebody who comes in to do something? And then they're there for a while. I don't know what I'm saying. Let me check. What? Let me check. I don't know. Here, one sec. You'll know what I mean when I say it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we're just sitting here like, okay, girl. Resident. Okay. You know when they have like a resident artist or whatever? Yes. Yeah, okay. That's what I meant. Anyway, he's a chief resident. Okay. Resident in chief. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. And so he has to sign the ITR reports. Now, hi, I'm Robin, hi. and I sure did some research on what ITR reports were, and oh. it took me way too what? long to figure out what that Why was. Why did you do that? Because I didn't know. Okay. And so I looked up, in the medical field, like, what does ITR mean? Because for some reason, I thought it has to have something to do with medical, because this is a hospital. Right. So I was like, what does ITR mean? And the okay. only thing I could find was, it's called inferior turbinate reduction, which is a sinus surgery. And then I thought to myself, that doesn't sound right, considering he's a spinal Hmm. surgeon. But I remembered, Christian said, you have to sign these. So I just literally Googled, sign, ITR. 
And uh, it is not an inferior terminate reduction. It is just an income tax return. Stop. Yeah. What? <laughs> ITR is income tax return. That's what duh. people said. Yeah. Oh, duh. <laughs> I spent a lot of time Googling that. I feel so dumb right now. I feel so dumb. Ugh, let's feel dumb together. Okay. Aaron, do you feel dumb too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Very important form to sign right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so Christian's telling Jack that he's really crossing the line here. And he's like, oh, yeah, you would know, Dad, because you cross lines all day. <laughs> Whatever. He's literally uh, like, I know I am, but what are you? I know. And I'm like, it's fair, but shut up. And and Christian has this garbage line that I don't even understand what it means. Maybe we can make some sense of it. But Christian says, it may be okay for some people, Jack, but not for you. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. I'm asking you. He's like, oh, some people can be terrible and cheat on their wives. Like me. But not you. He's like, I expect better of you than other people expect of me. That's weird. Gross, huh? huh. Not a fan. Anyway, I don't know what it means. It's bad. Mm. Jack just sucks at being bad, but he's also really bad. I don't know. In the immortal words of the person of interest character, Zoe Morgan, hmm. if you're going to do something wrong, do it right. That's good. And I think hmm. that's what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So in the next one, we have um, the dude... Angelo unfortunately passed away and it wasn't from anything that Jack did and that's why Jack is so angry is that he literally got the whole tumor out he did it and I bet he was like in the home stretch and everything and the dude had just been on the table for seven hours and he was an old man and his heart just gave out unfortunately and sometimes that's just how it is and um so yeah so of course Jack is really upset about that so he's like oh I have to go tell her Christian says well I already did that because and the first time you hear him say that, he says, oh, I already did. Like, my first thought is like, well, Christian, like, that wasn't up to you. Like, why would you do that? Even though, like, when you know that Jack wanted to do it. And he says, you know, I'm chief of surgery, right? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. It's your job. It probably is up to him to do that. So why does Jack seem to think? I mean, obviously we know why, but Jack because seems to have this whole. responsible. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Jack's like, oh, well, where is she? And he's like, she went home. Like, she's gone. And he's like, where is she? And I'm like, you don't need to talk to her. Your transaction is over. Your transaction? (laughs) (laughs) Not your interaction. Your transaction. Yeah, because she paid for it, right? Oh, damn, she's right. Yeah. Your transaction is over. Christian can just tell they have a weird chemistry. And he's like, I'm uncomfortable. You need to go home. He just keeps saying go home. And Jack won't go home. And he says, go home. That's an order from your commander, right? What's that exact quote? Go home, Alexander. It's an order from your commander. Alexander. Go home, home, Alexander. That's an order from your commander. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. So then he goes out to the parking lot and he's going to take Christian's advice, but who ruins it? But our buddy Gabby. And she's still there. Was she waiting for him or was she just crying in her car? You think she was waiting for him? Why not both? (laughs) Hit both. Both. Both is good. Yeah. Um, And she wants to just like tell him thanks for trying and everything. And listen, the kiss was initiated by her. But before that, the hug was initiated by him. Mm-hmm. And then and then he kisses her back. But she fully knows he's married. Mm-hmm. Like, and it has been abundantly clear that she knows he's married. She, although Jack definitely makes a mistake, she is certainly in the wrong here. They're equally garbage. And I know that she has just gone through a trauma. Of course. But so this whole- way, of course. But her having feelings for Jack this whole time- knowing he's married like it's it's different if you're just like having feelings this whole time and then being like oh by the way he's married and then like you know this happens in like a in a place of weakness there's a difference between knowing he's married this whole time having feelings for him this whole time you need to sell your tell yourself in your head no he's married we can't do that and then 
in your time of weakness, you shouldn't be having those urges at all to kiss him because you know that it's wrong. Like, just because you're grieving doesn't mean you can commit adultery. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. So, yeah, she sucks. And he's like, sorry, I can't. And he goes. Which, like, I mean, can you give him props for, like, leaving really quick after that? No, you can't really. No. Yeah. So he gets home. And Sarah's clearing some dishes and everything, and she's like, hey, like, how is he? And he's like, unfortunately, he died, and, you know, they both say that they're sorry, like, like the parallel that I made. And she's like, oh, yeah, my mom was here, they were playing bridge, and she's on a streak, so she keeps winning. You know, just, like, domestic fun times that they talk about. She seems lonely. You know what? She does, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, is that she's like, if she's an elementary school teacher, she's been, and Jack doesn't come home in the evenings... She's alone until, all the time. Until 4.30? She's alone all the time. Mm-hmm. And that gives her, not that she's in the right ab- no. about this at all, but that gives her a whole lot of time to cheat on him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Ample amounts of time. It, well, it's very much the sun thing, right? Yeah. And so they're going to do the dishes together. And she's like, oh, you don't have to do that. And he's like, well, I want to and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, he can help you with the dishes, though. <laughs> what does he do? Nothing. Around the house. Nothing. So you, he can do some dishes. Because, you know, that's just the kind thing to do. And he finds it therapeutic. Then he tells, okay, What we can do, though, is give him a little bit of props for immediately being honest with her. Oh, yes, absolutely. He doesn't hide it or anything. It's, like, within the first, like, three minutes of getting home, he's very honest with her and he tells her what happened. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I think it's great that Jack did the bare minimum of (laughs) being okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. At that moment. That's literally his whole arc. Like, that's his whole character. It's like, what's the smallest amount I can do for people to be like, good job. Ah, the privilege of being a white, the straight white man. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, good job existing, Jack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jack's like, I'm on this earth. Is that not enough for you? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Gabby kissed him and he kissed her back and... Um, you know, he made a mistake and it doesn't seem like they talk anymore, but like they'll really, like he, he wants to fix it. He mm-hmm. wants to fix their relationship. But of course he always wants to fix things. And that's like his whole thing, you know? And he like hugs her. And last time he hugged a girl that went badly-ish. And now he hugs her, but she's not even hugging him back. She's just not about that life. And she reveals to him that she is leaving him and not even just because of this incident she was already going to leave him and her mom wasn't here to play bridge she was here to fully help her pack so that she could leave (gasps) (laughs) so that she could leave like that night question mark yeah i think she was just looking for like one final sign she was like oh you kissing another woman's a good enough one i hate what's happening to us and I promise you that things are gonna be different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work less. I'm gonna be here for you. I'm leaving you. What? I was already leaving you. That's why my mother was here. She was helping me back. I've been seeing someone. Someone else. I have to. I can't stay. Sarah. You. You will always need something to fix. Do you think she was gonna like steal away into the night, or like what was she gonna do? Like, was she gonna tell him? He probably wouldn't notice. Oh, drag him! Ouch. 
Oh, and you're so right, too. And so she also reveals that she has also been cheating on him. Uh, so no one's great. Yeah, everyone in the storyline is kind of shitty. Like, who's the best person morally in the storyline? Can you believe it? It's, oh, I guess it could be Angelo. <laughs> Angelo. I was going to say Christian Shepherd. Yeah. Which is not something you hear very often. That Christian Shepherd did a good job. It's just interesting seeing Jack all the time. He just always needs to be needed. I mean, yep. just, maybe that's his own low self-esteem. Ooh. I think that's the truth. Is that he? Yeah, he doesn't believe that he's doing anything worthwhile unless he's trying to fix things. But he's always overstepping his bounds, being crazy. Yeah, and he has no sense of like what other people want. It's more about what he wants for them. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting because we were just talking about Locke kind of overstepping his bounds, thinking he has the power to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, straight white male. <laughs> yeah. But Jack does that on the island, too. He thinks yeah. he has authority over what Kate can and can't do. Yeah. It's like, you may be doing this. And you shouldn't. Sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. Yours is going to be better. <laughs> you shouldn't tell someone what they can and can't do. I knew it was going to be better. That's true. That was poetry. <laughs> if this was, like, reversed, like, if the island stuff happened before the flashback stuff, like, can you imagine Christian Shepard being like, go home, Jack. Like, there's a line. You can't cross it. And Jack was like... Who are you to tell me what I can and can't do, Dad? And then Locke, like, pops up from behind and he's like, Don't tell him what he can't do! (laughs) Yeah, you tell him, Jack! You should have pitched that to Damon Lindelof when you saw him. Yeah, just been like, what if if we switched everything? He'd have been like, too much work, bye. (laughs) They're like, great, you just described the new television show Manifest. Manifest, (laughs) yeah. Um, So first we're going to do our favorite line award. Uh, My favorite line goes to Sawyer for... any of this look familiar from when you were coming back? Oh, yeah. There's my favorite leaf. How can I forget this place? <laughs> Such a sarcastic Brad. Um, and I also wanted to give a honorable mention to Sawyer again for... Oh, I don't know, Mr. Clean. I probably would have gone around Mount Vesuvius. Oh, the Mr. Clean one is so good. Genius. Mm. And mine goes to Sawyer for... Just throw a banana at me. Couldn't find any rocks. And I think that's so funny. Are you not keeping the Kate line? Because that's the punchline. No, I like the, I love the irreverence of, did you just throw a banana at me? And then Kate says, couldn't find any rocks. Yeah, I mean, that one's, like, the, the follow-up is okay, but I just like the one statement. <laughs> well, that's true. Like, two episodes ago, I was like, my line goes to Sawyer for, am I in a bunk bed? <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, on its own, the line makes no sense, and that's funny. Yeah, okay. Uh, my award has to go to Friendly when he yells just a little too loudly, Light him up! Light him up! <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you're going too far, you don't need to be that dramatic. Like, can you yeah. imagine, like, all the others in the, like, just around, like, rolling their eyes? They're like, this dramatic... <laughs> this dramatic asshole. <laughs> dramatic gay man just always gotta, like, yell stuff. <laughs> um, so now we're gonna do light and dark. Um, I kind of just thought of Jack always coming home at night. Yep. And probably leaving before it's even... In the parking lot. In the parking lot. Yep. But it's very bright in the hospital. Yeah. As well as all the torches Mm -hmm. as well being very dark and then friendly saying, light them up. And then like all of this light comes around them. Um, So for Man of Science, Man of Faith, uh, we kind of just talk mainly about the main character of the episode. Um, And usually it has like a bit of a discussion with it. But unfortunately, (laughs) this is a Jack episode. This is a Jack episode. So there's not really much to say except for Jack is a man of science at this moment. Yeah. And all moments. 
basically. Um, for Hurley's Walkman, they are listening in the hatch to Fall On Me by the Poussette Dart Band. And let me see if I can grab some lyrics. Nope, it's just a Wikipedia article. Usually they give me, like, more than that. But whatever, there you go. That's what's, that's what's playing. How many episodes since the last knockout? Alas... Locke was knocked out in this episode, so we're bringing that back down to zero. Reset the counter. Alas. But shout out to Aaron for giving us that segment in the first place. Yeah. It's just a great uh, mid-2000s type of plot device. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. Does this episode pass the Bechdel test? (laughs) I don't think two women talk. (laughs) Two women do not even talk in this episode. Yeah. I don't think they even share the same scene. I think Sun and Kate are like, in, like Kate's in the background talking to Hurley while Sun is talking to Jin, but that does not count. That No, that, that bar is so low that it's that's it. buried in the sand. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, cool. Oof. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's perpetually open, and it's in the description of this podcast. Uh, Yeah, go fill it out. Thanks. (laughs) I love the simplicity of that at the end. Yeah, just go do it, Just do it, thanks. Um... What? You skipped over the music. No, you said music. Y- no, I don't think I said it. I think you did. I'm pretty sure you did. Whoa, or did I, I do that on autopilot? Yeah. Dude, because you say your thing, I say thank you so much for listening, you say the music, then I say please write us a review. I literally did that on I autopilot. I would not have said I was please not, write us a review if you I was did not, not say your present life. in this moment <laughs> at all. <laughs> If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show, too. Like, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Um, we covered seasons 4 and 5, and we'll be covering season 6 whenever that comes out. Yeah, and 1, 2, and 3 at some point as well. Probably yeah. once the show ends, we'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're a fan of Riverdale, uh, we are, <laughs> like, a lot. Um, it's kind of weird, but uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, by the time that this goes out uh quite a few episodes of season three will have been a thing we'll be at the mid-season hiatus by now yeah Yeah. exactly and um we're also doing the chilling adventures of sabrina on that feed um and there should be like one if not a few episodes of that out as well on that feed nice nice and um if you're interested we will be doing a stranger things podcast yeah coming 2019 yeah sometime in 2019 yeah uh, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, and mostly Twitter. And if you would like to help us, um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, would we, we would really appreciate it. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast! Thank you both. I had a lot of fun. Yay! <laughs> Just listening to us talk at you and i think next episode we'll have you back for is the best episode expose oh god i i'm literally gonna sit back and just listen to you two on that one because like i have no thoughts on expose i'm so excited um so many thoughts do you want to uh tell us where we can find you on the internet again uh sure yeah i don't do anything on the internet but you could follow me on twitter at 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 Aaron Groovy Veld. That was I think amazing. we had a problem with that last time too. <laughs> Do we say at, at or at at? It's tough. It's hey, uh, our next episode is episode 212, Fire and Water, or Fire Plus Water, which <gasps> is actually um, the second worst rated episode on IMDb. So that's Ooh. 
gonna be great. Yeah, I can't freaking wait. And we're gonna be having Scott on again for that at Hey Zamboni Guy. I love that username. Because he's a Zamboni guy and everyone says, Hey Zamboni Guy, when they see him on the Zamboni. And all of the Americans are like, who don't want like hockey are like, what's a Zamboni? <laughs> what's a Zamboni? <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Welcome to spoiler section. Yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. I like how all of us are just like burned out. We're like, You're like, like okay, let's, let's keep just, going. Let's do it. We're almost done. <laughs> cool. Okay, Aaron and I are burned out, and <laughs> Robin is still on. Robin's like thriving. I'm She's ready. She's like thriving, and I'm like, okay, I'm hungry. <laughs> I have questions. Oh, I don't have answers, but I'll try. Lock, bolts. The vent shut, right? Yeah. And they keep Ben in there. But I think that in lockdown... Ah! Lockdown. Because Locke gets <laughs> stuck... Locke gets stuck under the doors. The... The blast doors. The blast yes. doors. And then Ben has to get out and press the button for them. And I think he goes through the vents. Whoa. Um, so now I'm like, did oh, you... Oh, so them? what's the truth dot gif? Like, I wonder if next episode Locke goes and, like, takes the bolts out or something. Like, I'm not sure. And maybe that's just a continuity error. I don't remember. That's great. So I don't remember either, but, like, that actually makes me question why they even bothered just have the vent line in here in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, there must be something that happened. So I guess we'll see. What was the point? They found some of his footprints and stuff, and they kind of wonder if maybe he, like, well, at least I wondered if he maybe made a dummy trail. Ethan makes a dummy trail. Naomi makes a dummy trail. Like, that's a thing that people oh. do. But, um, you know, Michael's in a hurry. And so I'm going to doubt that he made one. No, I don't think he would take the time. He was kind of... He had his own thing going on. Yeah. Something cool about this episode is that we get Michael's perspective of this whole episode in three minutes. In three minutes is the name of the episode. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, wow, three minutes. <laughs> that's brief. And, you know, he... We hear, like, the shots and stuff. And we see, like, him see Kate, and he meets Alex, and, you know, it's funny that Friendly says, Michael will never find us, when they found Michael, and Michael's literally, like, a couple feet that way. Michael will never find us. Michael's like, I'm here, bitch. I'm right here. But go off. They ask, how do you know our names? Because of the flame station. Next. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Alex, bring out Kate. Uh, It is Alex. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Sawyer says, you and me ain't done, Zeke. And Sawyer is the one who kills Mr. Friendly. Oh, yeah! Um, at the end of season three, he kills Mr. Friendly. And before he does, he says, this is for taking the kid off the raft. <gasps> so he gets his revenge. Oh, I stan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you talk a little bit more about Jacob and MIB being sociopaths? I think that, like, MIB is clearly, like, I think, to me, MIB is the calm inside a storm. Mm-hmm. Because Jacob's, like, sereneness and, like, his, like, detachment from anything. Like, look at the things that he does on the island just very remorselessly. Like, watches people die yeah. and, like, like ranks them, gives them numbers. Right. Whereas, like, MIB kind of shows up and, like, MIB may not be a good guy, but you can tell that, like, he feels things even if it's primarily, you know anger or mischievousness or anything like that like some kind of quote-unquote evil but i think that he is not without emotion whereas i think jacob is very much without emotion right and i think that that probably happened because jacob chose to deal with their reality a lot more differently 
because I think MIB resents it and Jacob doesn't. Another thing that we talked about when we probably shouldn't have done yeah. uh, during here was um, when we were talking about Vincent being like the Elder Wand, uh. where uh, whoever kills the last owner of the Elder Wand becomes the owner of the Elder Wand. Yep. And I had to cut out some of this because obviously it was big spoilers, but do you want to talk about that as well? Well, the dog is originally Walt's, yeah. which goes to Shannon who was murdered by Anna Lucia, who is then murdered by Michael. Yeah. So technically ownership of Vincent kind of defaults back to Michael. But then how does Michael die? But with a bomb uh, on the freighter yeah. done by Ben, kind of? Or like the others in general? Yeah. Or kind of by Michael himself, because he's the one who brought the bomb on there. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that's like Harry breaking the Elder One in half. <laughs> breaking the, the succession of the dog breaking the succession of the dog <laughs> so that he can now he can now live with bernard and rose and i mean technically his the person who we saw him with last was jack that's true so oh that's true yeah maybe vincent kind of gravitates towards people who are going to die beach what but rose can't die while she's on the island right that's crazy so he just stays with her right like Locke is healed and so is rose but Locke doesn't die while he's on the island. No. And Rose really never, never dies. Well, hmm. 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 Questions for another day. That's a really cool like thing, though, that yeah. like the dog always ends up with someone who's going to die. Hmm. That's crazy. Okay. That's crazy. Um, going into the flashbacks, it turns out that this problem that, what's his name? Uh, Angelo has ah. is the exact same tumor that Ben ends up having. Ben. <laughs> ben. I don't have, like, any other thoughts other than Ben. What's really cool about it is that, like, Ben's whole problem is that he's not a Jacob candidate, right? Yeah. He's not a candidate. And and he's really mad about that. And Christian literally says, tell him that he's not a candidate for surgery. And unfortunately, Ben is also not, not a, a candidate. candidate. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just um, a kind of a different kind. But, like, the different, another difference with him and Angelo, though, is that, like, Angelo came, like, specifically for Jack, like, tried to find Jack. But Ben's whole miracle in his head was that, like, he found out that he had this tumor on his spine, and then a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. Yeah, a doctor literally fell into his lap. Exactly. And, and it ends up working. Yeah, for Ben. But I think, and I might be misremembering, but I believe it's Locke who kind of, like, talks to Ben. It might be Jack, but I think it's Locke who's just like, I like Locke was healed. Rose was healed. You've lived on this island for almost all of your life. And you're sick. And you got sick. Like, what does that say? I think actually MIB says it to Ben in the form of Locke, potentially in season five. Yeah, he does. To get him to kill him. I absolutely remember that. Yeah, Yeah. it is not Locke who says it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Not Locke. Not Locke. (laughs) Sarah has a negative pregnancy test. Um, but she ends up actually getting pregnant with the other guy, the guy who she's cheating on Jack with. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily in this moment. But at some nebulous point. But at some nebulous point. That might be another reason why she says, don't, uh, don't worry. Is it just like, how would she be like, hey, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant, pregnant. But, by, no, but it's not your baby. Yeah. You know? Now that's drama. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's some crime going on here in West Van. This is not West Van. What? West End. West End. The West End of Van. West End of Van is different from West Van. So what is this? West End. That's West Van. Across the water. Red Deer Robin. Do, I, it doesn't so have to call make sense this. Just Red how Deer Robin. Oh man. Robin okay. Red Deer Dr- Jeffrey. That is literally what uh, Claire called you today. Great. I In love, a nice way. I love being stupid. 
Um, what? Okay, if anyone's stupid in this relationship, it's me. Okay. Um, on, uh, cool. What's next? Oh, that's it. That's all I got. I, like, I basically accidentally said all my spoiler thoughts about, like, M.I.B. and Jacob. Yeah. Especially being, like, the Pauls. I love to be the Pauls. <laughs> Which one's Greg, Paul, Alice, and Janney? Yeah. Oh, how dare you say that Alice and Janney is their horrible father. Anyway, we don't need to talk about them. You They're leave horrible. Alice and Janney alone. Sorry. I know I love Alice and Janney. I really find the, as, as garbagey as Jack is, I really, like, that scene with Friendly and the torches and everything is, like, iconic to me. Why? Because it's, like, the moment where they finally, like, come face to face with the people who they've been, like, wondering about yeah. for 50 days and it's Friendly and he, like, shows them that... Like, what they're capable of. And then it turns out they're capable of, like, a lot of horrible things. Yeah, and Friendly yeah. has, like, some really dope, like, lines and stuff. So, yeah, I love that scene. That's a good point. Yeah, I remember when, like, the first time I watched it, it's, like, so shocking how normal the others are all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some good ones later. Yeah, they're totally regular people. Yeah. Yeah. There's Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. I can't think of other good ones because in my mind there's, like, the others are just Ben and Juliet. Friendly is always a good one in my mind. Like, I know that he does garbagey things, but, like, he plays football with Jack that one time, and I think that's fun. Oh my god! <laughs> Qualifications for niceness. Played football Yeah, actually, with Jack like, that's once. a great thing about, the, like, in the spoiler section, actually, is that, like, Jack and Friendly, like, become friends when Jack stays in season three. Would you say they become friendly? Yeah, I would. Yeah. And then they play football, and the lady from Lost in 18 minutes and, or 8 minutes and 15 seconds says, Jack and Friendly play football. Friendly throws like a girl. It's great. Yeah. I love that moment. I also love that um, Friendly is like filling the fatherly role that Christian never could. He probably never played <laughs> football with his son. They probably never played catch. <laughs> Jack's like, I don't even know how to play football. What is this? Only plays with Mark Silverman, his childhood friend who he saved from bullying in White Rabbit. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Are we done? Yep. Cool. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the band. Thank you, guys. Yay, I can't wait to talk about X. You guys run a great podcast. Oh, you nice. Yeah. We Thank you for lying. Best. That's so nice of you. <laughs> mm, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J F F R E Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Fictionals all over the place, but mostly Twitter. What? I forgot my next line. A Patreon. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Maybe they went out for ice cream. Oh, shit.